Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit PlanetBcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hey, what's up? Welcome to another episode of Serious Issues, a Whitley Comic Book Podcast, hosted by your good friends, Andrew Levins and Siobhan Coombs. Hello. Um, guess what, Siobhan? I can't hear any children screaming or coughing. Or, actually, I don't even know. Did you listen to last week's episode? No. I got home and I had to... We recorded it in a way we don't, not normally do. I had to do a disclaimer at the start of last week's episode yeah. because it was <laughs> so strange in some points. Like it, I think it was audible all the way throughout, but there were just moments where it was like... Is someone, is someone cooking a steak right now? <laughs> and that's, they that's were. what was happening. <laughs> that was exactly what it was. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, sorry. I, sorry, the, guys. The, the funniest moment was going, okay, cool. I finally salvaged it and then getting an email saying, hey, you need to do an ad for Movement Watches this oh. week. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> what, what am I going to do? And so I ended up recording with my son. Oh, someone, someone tweeted me and went, this was the cutest Movement Watches ad ever this week or something. And I was like, I'll fave that, but yeah. I don't know what it means. <laughs> <laughs> this is a deep reference to something yeah. that I may not have said. I was like, I've said. forgotten everything. Yeah. So, uh, shouts to uh, both Archie and Matilda, who, oh, starred, no. who, who, who helped sell watches last no, week. I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, hey, what's up? Welcome to Serious Issues. And uh, every week we review all of the comics that came out last week. Um, I want to start by saying that um, I finally learned my lesson at mm-hmm. the uh, after how long it took me to get through the bulk of last week's comics because mm. I did all my favorite ones first. Mm. Um, and this is not because of myself. This is because all the people in our group are like babysitting my comic reading now. <laughs> they know <laughs> that I read all my favorite things first. And that's a terrible way to do this when you have to read 50 comics a week. Um, so they were like, don't read the ones you want to read first. And they were like, they'll check that on me. Um, and so uh, I put nice. aside at the start the six comics I couldn't wait to read. And uh, if you follow us on Twitter, which is twitter.com slash serious underscore underscore issues, you'll know that I like to put up my six favorite comics of each week. Mm-hmm. Um, six is, it seems like a random number, but it's, you know, it's roughly 10% of the comics that we read. Mm-hmm. Um, and also it fits nicely in a yeah, frame. absolutely. Mostly that. <laughs> um, so I put aside Secret Weapons, number four, Black Hammer, number 13, um, Snot Girl, number seven, uh, Headlopper, number, f- number seven, yep, and um, Bloodshot... Salvation number one and the Wild Storm number seven. Lots of sevens. Hmm. Um, so we'll know at the end of this episode if those were indeed my favorites. That was correct. Um, so we kick off every single episode by uh, reviewing all the number ones. Before we do that, just letting you know that every comic we talk about on the show, you can find at King's Comics in Sydney. So we get all of our comics. And if you ever are in Sydney, you should definitely go pay them a visit. 310 Pitt Street 
in Sydney. Absolutely. Or if you can't make it in, into the store, you'll actually be able to find a much bigger selection of, uh, you know, we, we talk about some pretty weird things and we confidently can, can say that everything we talk about is available mm-hmm. at King's and you can find it online, kingscomics.com. I took, um, I took Shatterstar into King's to pick up comics. I missed you by 10 minutes, apparently. Oh, damn. Because um, I had Archie with me. Yeah, I know. It's so annoying. Selling watches. <laughs> <laughs> like a little trench coat. Yeah, that's right. Um, um, and he threw up on the floor of Kings. Oh, wow. It was amazing. Oh, but that's not real throw up when they're nah, like a couple yeah. months old. No. That's it was soft. just like a cute little like... A cute little spew. I actually, I ended up having like a like the the most like indulgent daddy Sunday. Ah, you guys got pampered. Burgers and oh no, not not because of kings. Just like I just was just like whatever, let's do it. Yeah, burgers and ice cream and chips nice. and um. <laughs> at one point, he just goes <gasps> like, "Daddy, I feel sick because I ate too much. I should have taken inside for kings and see if we could beat Shadow Stars record." <laughs> Um, so this episode is actually brought to you by two of our patrons. Um, so thank you so much to uh, Christopher Taylor and Shane Gibson, who are this week's patrons of the week. Um, we have a Patreon page, called, which is patreon.com slash podcast. And uh, for as little as $2 a month, you can get access to a whole bunch of bonus episodes. In fact, we're going to record one as soon as we finish th- recording this episode. Um, and uh, it's going to be all about the trades that we've write, mm-hmm. read in the last, last month. So, uh, you know, if you want to hear us review even more comics, I would even say that it's almost more of a, a better in, like intro point to the podcast because we're not talking about convoluted storylines that have yeah. been going on for so long. It's just like a pure entry point for, for new readers. And if you were, we do a lot of, you know, manga and European mm-hmm. stuff in those reviews. So I'm looking forward to recording that again. Again, that's patreon.com slash series podcast, which is where Shane Gibson and Christopher Taylor went. Uh, I assume Christopher Taylor is not the um, the guy from The Chaser, the satirist from Australia. Oh, I assume it is. Okay, right. Well, in that case, I was a big fan of CNN and N. Yeah. And um, I, you know, I, I wouldn't say you've gone downhill since <laughs> then, but that's still my the pinnacle of what you guys did as a, as a collective. Which one's that one? That's the, um, it was like The Chaser News No, no, no. Network. Which one's Chris... Chris Taylor, I mean, yeah. he's, he's the white one that, that looks <laughs> like he went to Sydney Uni. <laughs> um, he, he, he actually is um, a very, very uh, good person for the Sydney arts community. I love talking about a different Christopher Taylor who doesn't, doesn't give us money, <laughs> just in case, I don't know, whatever. But he, he, uh, he's someone who, uh, who set up uh, Giant Dwarf. Oh, cool. Yeah, which is a great art space in Sydney. Absolutely. Uh, that I've done stuff at in the past. And so thank you to that Christopher Taylor and the other one as well <laughs> for all of your contributions to our lives. Um, Shane Gibson, uh, the one and only Shane Gibson, horniest firefighter <laughs> in Cairns. What? I know random facts about some of our listeners. I know that uh, Shane uh, has a website <laughs> called thegeekcave.net. Oh, right. Okay. And I think he has, tri- he has like... Not so much a podcast, but does like little bursts of audio and video that you can find oh, there. Cool. So you want to see him ranting about things that we rant about. <laughs> oh, cool. Um, yeah, go check How out How do you Shane. know he's a horny firefighter? He's in a, we have a, for one of the, the one of the Patreon goals, but I'm pro- I'm, I bet you're very glad that we didn't have for serious issues. For Hey Fam on my other, other podcasts, you just, for $4 a month, you get to join a private chat with me and Angus. <laughs> and um, like, I, it is like genuinely where I spend so much of my time. <laughs> Because it's just, it's so strange. Like, there's a lot of crossover <laughs> listeners, but uh, it's so just, you know, there, there's like 70 people in there. And, and it, it's just, yeah, there's always someone talking and it's so weirdly <laughs> positive and cool and everyone kind of likes the same stuff. Oh, that's amazing. Recommends good stuff to other people. That's really nice. So, yeah, look, join what both Patreons, goal. guys. Yeah. Hey, fam podcast. Go check it out. Thank you so much to uh, Christopher and Shane. And uh, for everyone nice. that signed up recently, we will eventually get to you when we thank you at the start of an episode. Um, mm-hmm. 
I, I added a new Patreon goal. I don't know if you saw just yesterday. Uh, oh. We've brought it up many times in the past, uh, but there is a, a cold hard fact that I oh. can't ignore, and that is that uh, I wore a fez to my year 12 formal. That's so, that's so great. And uh, we also know that Siobhan had a mullet. But um, literally, I don't think any pictures of it exist. I'm so serious on that fact. Uh, however, <laughs> but if they do, I was like, I know that oh there's man, definitely a I photo can't. of me in the fairs, like somewhere. Yeah. And um, I went to my parents' house because my, my son stayed there on Saturday night. And on the wall of their <laughs> hallway is a really nice photo of me and my mom at my formal. And uh, and she's wearing my bow tie, and I'm wearing a fez. That's so, amazing. Uh, if, That's so exciting. We're like twenty five dollars away from this big goal, two hundred fifty dollar goal. Um, and uh, if we hit it, I'm going to put that, that photo up there for all to see. I'm excited. Or you can find out where my parents live, pretend you're telemarketing, and then snap it and spoil the goods for everyone. But mm. we're $25 away from, not only will we get a picture of me in a fez, I mean, who, who needs more than that? Am I Absolutely. Right? But we're also, um, uh, we're also very close to being at the tier that we said we would re- interview a creator once oh, a month. Oh, cool. And uh, I can say it because she's already ready to go as soon as we are. Chelsea Kane will be <sighs> our first our first uh, interview with the That's creator. That's so exciting. Chelsea Kane, um, best known from the comics, uh, doing writing Mockingbird, mm-hmm. which she was nominated for an Eisner for. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, hasn't had the best relationship with comics, but mm. I think uh, would be an incredible interview. Yeah. So uh, if you want us to do that, 25 bucks is all we need. Absolutely. Thank and, you. And you get a bonus picture of me in a fez. That's... That's unbelievable. What a deal. Let's kick this show off, though. Let's get this show on the road, as they say, in show business, Siobhan, which is the business <laughs> we belong to, with First Things First, where we review all of the new number ones that came out last week. Um, and I think the most prominent number one, I mean, it was a big week for Image. We could start on Image, but uh, or do you want to talk about Batman the Red Death? Okay, I didn't read this. <laughs> Image what it is. is. This? <laughs> you didn't read Batman the Red Death? Okay, no, how this. did I miss that? So as part of Dark oh, Knights. I think I maybe thought that was a variant or something. Yeah, wasn't regular looks, Batman this week? Uh, yeah, there was a regular oh, Batman. I'm an so. idiot, guys. No, you're fine. No, uh, <laughs> uh, so Batman the Red Death is the first of the big um, Dark Knights one-shots. Ah. Dark Knights being the big uh, DC event right now that Scott Snyder and Capullo are doing. Um, in which we have learned that there are these dark versions of Batman that have come into the uh, the Earth One or whatever the is it is it Earth One is DC's Earth One no Earth Earth Six One Six the DC universe <laughs> um, and uh, yeah so um, Dark Knight's Batman the Red Death is you know you all the dark Batman were kind of based off of Justice League mm-hmm. like evil versions of Batman as a Justice League character and so I guess all the one shots are going to be the the origin stories of all these different evil Batman. It is a pretty funny, like, extra level of, like, so it's Batman, but he's evil and he's also the Flash. <laughs> yeah. So the Red Death is, yeah, Batman uh, the Flash, in which we see the Batman of this world um, take on the Flash um, using all the powers that he's stolen from Flash's rogues gallery. Cool. So he has, like, um, uh, Captain Cold's glasses and Mirror Master's weird staff and Weatherman, whatever his name, Man, what, Dr. Weather. <laughs> <laughs> Weather Wizard. Weather there Wizard. Dr. Weather. <laughs> Um, and then eventually defeats uh, Flash and straps him to the front of a Batmobile, uh, which he is um, like to emulate the powers of the cosmic treadmill. And then the Flash and Batman end up fusing together. And that's how <laughs> this guy is created. And so instead of like speed lines, he's like a bunch of red and black bats. Oh, cool. And his speech bubbles are, think? <laughs> are red, a red, like a red background with black on which is not a great choice. Yeah, it's confusing. Um, but uh, whatever. I mean, it was it was fine. It was written by um, Josh Williamson, who does the Flash right. series currently, with art by the, the main artist in that book too, um, Carmine Dija Duan Dominico. Um, and uh, I like you know, if, if I, I, this is like crack. 
You know, mm. it's not, it's by no means great or like, you know, some would say crack interesting. Is, crack is not great. No, but that's what I mean. It's something that's, it's bad for me, right? Yes. but I love reading it, you know, like it's not doing my brain yeah. or anything to do with my life favors reading it, but <laughs> this is like my kind of stupid yeah, one shot. Totally. And, th- you know, we're going to get different creators telling how the, the you know, the, the Aquaman version yeah, who is I a love- woman. I want the Batman. lady Aquaman Batman. So evil lady evil Aquaman la- Batman. Yeah, that's what I want. <laughs> Isn't there a band called the Aquabats? Yes. Like a ska band? Yes, there yeah, is. Yeah. Ska or punk? So apologies to all the Aquabat fans out there. Yep. Maybe with the the lead singer wrote that one. That'd be cool. That didn't the Aqu- one of the guys? Isn't Travis? Isn't didn't Travis the guy who now drums for Pink Lady Two originally come from the Aquabats? Let us know, pop I'm punk gonna, fans. I, okay, I'm going to pretend that I don't know specifically the answer to that because I was obsessed with Blink-182 when I had a sick mullet as a cool teen. Yeah. Um, I th- when oh when I wore a fez, I was too good for Blink-182. <laughs> but now as a grown adult, I think they're one of my favorite bands. <laughs> I um, once so no, he did not. He re- did not join for the Aquabats. Recently, I, um, I listened to Adam's song, I think, 16 times in a row. Amazing. With my son in my car. Amazing. <laughs> so don't call... Docs. <laughs> um, DC also put out another number one this week uh, called Wonder Woman and Conan. Um, and this is a, uh, a six-issue miniseries uh, that they put out with Dark Horse because uh, DC are cool like that, kind of making these weird nerd mm-hmm. fantasy crossovers come true by working with other publishers. Uh, this was written by Gail Simone, which is the kind of main reason I was drawn to it. Yep. Um, but the art on it, which is by um, Aaron Lepresti. Lepresti, I really enjoyed. Mm. Col- inked by Matt Ryan with colors by Wendy Broom. And this is much less, I mean, so far for this issue, it's much less a Wonder Woman story as it is a Conan story mm. um, with Wonder Woman in it. Yep. Um, he kind of uh, slays some people because uh, they're trying to kill someone who promises Conan riches. And that's pretty yep. much how every Conan story s- starts up. Um, and then uh, when Conan's like, give me all my, my motherfucking money, he's like, well, I haven't got it yet because I'm betting against... Um, I'm betting in a fight, which I, I know this, this warrior is going to, win, to lose. And he's like, Conan's like, well, how do you know? He's like, because she's a woman. Women are bad. And it turns out and to be bad Wonder at Woman. Fighting. But it also turns out that Wonder Woman, uh, when she was younger, existed in Conan's past. So I guess this is going to be like a kind of, you know, retelling of both of their origin stories with each other in them. Um, and uh, I, I, th- I thought it was good. Mm, absolutely. Um, I've I've tried to read Conan stories. The only one that really connected with me was the Brian Wood and Becky Cloonan run that Dark Horse did a yeah. few years ago. That's that's the only one that I've read properly as well. Which um, I should probably I should probably read more Conan. Right? Yeah, I mean we tried to read the Cullen Bunn run when we started the podcast, but that didn't connect with us. But I think um, similar similar to um, the way uh, Brian Wood wrote Conan, I think Gail Simone kind of taps into what I enjoyed about that that portrayal yeah see i'm on board for this mini series yeah it's pretty silly and i think like gail simone writes a good wonder woman yeah definitely So it's always fun to read her go back and read her runs if you don't believe us yep so those are the two number ones that dc put out this week um both pretty fun uh marvel put out just one can you believe it i can't believe it um such restraint i know for the house of ideas and i was like oh is this gonna be a new turning point i'm like no they got they got three next week (laughs) Um, so th- we got uh, the, I think this is the third last. It's like certainly the second last week of Generations books. We've got two next week. Nice. Captain America and Spider-Man come out next week. This is Generations, the Marvels, featuring Ms. Marvel and Ms. Marvel. More um, Marvels. Carol Danvers um, uh, gets visited by um, Kamala Khan, mm-hmm. who uh, gets at the end of um, Secret Empire, um, gets flashed back to, I mean... 
turn off your like when is this set and how old are these characters yeah. now because she gets flung back to the 70s mm-hmm. i guess i mean f- judging from the fashion and the and the, the the cost of fashion as well carol danvers has not aged <laughs> i will say um I guess she is part cree oh yeah true. she are she are is she cree or she are cree are cree <laughs> i don't know i think she's she are. i think she's not nah, because she doesn't have a bird head She's a Cree. Um, she's Cree. You're right. She's Cree. <laughs> it says in the comic. Um, and uh, that's what adults argue about these days. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, we, we, we get the um, the regular writer of Ms. Marvel, um, G. Willow Wilson, writing this with art by Paolo Villanelli, who I thought did a really great job of uh, yep. uh, making the art look like the, 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 the era that it was set in. Yep, absolutely. Um, in which uh, Ms. Marvel, uh, Carol Danvers, uh, when she isn't being Ms. Marvel, runs a, uh, a, ma- a women's magazine that's mm-hmm. owned by mm-hmm. J. Jonah Jameson. Hilarious. Um, and uh, an alien, a Shi'ar, or a Kree, I can't remember. I think it's a Shi'ar <laughs> at this point. Uh, she, she comes to Earth to not to take over the Earth, but to buy the magazine for unbeknownst yeah. reasons. <laughs> um, and uh, J. Jonah Jameson thinks that um, Kamala Khan is an intern, and she pitches an idea about you know, what women want to read. And uh, I thought this was like, you know, this was like fun. Yeah, absolutely. I agreed. I enjoyed I enjoyed reading this. It's one of, one of the better of the generation's books. Yep. I still can't like say that it's you know it deserves to exist. No, but it was fun. What does? <laughs> um, yeah, I love a surprise J. Jonah Jameson appearance. He is good. One so, of the best. So underused. Give us J. Jonah Jameson generations. Absolutely agreed. <laughs> Just him going back to him. Yeah, with a slightly less um, grey moustache. Yeah, I'm you from the future, you ninny. <laughs> I imagine some dialogue would be. That was be. a good impression. <laughs> Not one of my strongest. Um, let's move over to Image right now. Image put out four number ones this week. Oh, um, and uh, we're going to start with Angelic, which is a new book by Cy Spurrier with um, art by Caspar uh, Wingard. Um, and uh, this is an extremely high concept mm. uh, book that Siobhan is going to explain to us in 30 seconds. Go. So, <laughs> animals... Plus magic or something. And there's different kinds of animals. Uh, but I really liked it. Right. We follow like some winged monkeys who have a really like elaborate social structure and it's very religious. And then they're attacked by like flying dolphins who speak kind of like <laughs> fancy English people. Every, yeah. so it's a bunch of, all the animals live um amongst each other and uh, yep. they all, they're all at war um, and this is a big kind of uh, comment on I guess you know sexism racism class issues mm-hmm. um, but yeah it's told for the, for the bulk of this is told from a, a female monkey mm-hmm. um, who is you know up, up against her own gender issues and also up against you know these different issues that arise from being at war with different uh, different species in this crazy world mm-hmm. um, but like I, I've talked about this in the past I think Sysperia is an excellent writer yeah but I much prefer his stories that exist. That he writes for pre-existing franchises. For example, his X-Men Legacy run, I think mm-hmm. is one of my favorite Marvel runs ever. Um, I, uh, I really enjoyed his um, Hookshot, Hookjaw, Hookjaw, Hookjaw yep. the shark comic that came out last year. Really mm-hmm. enjoying um, the, the Shadow run he's doing at the moment because he can still have like these big, bold ideas and have so much nuance and crazy dialogue and wacky characters, but they're grounded by this pre-existing universe mm. when he does world building mm-hmm. and characters and the and every 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 species of, of animal in this book has their own like you know take on the english language full of jargon and made yep. up words 
and it's just exhausting. <laughs> I loved this though. Like I know, like there were times where it was like a bit of a hard, like what is what is this winged monkey saying? And then there's all this like ritual that they do. But I I I really enjoyed it. I thought this was like fun world building. I'm really into what he's trying to say. Um, and the, when so at the end, this like pod like flying pod thing shows up and it opens up and there's like a cute little seal in it. But you're kind of led to believe that it's going to be a man. Yeah, I thought it was going to be a human. Um, It's not a seal. Yeah, or a walrus-y thing. Um, Yeah, I'm with you for everything except the dialogue. The dialogue I Mm. found especially hard to read because it is, you know, I get what he's trying to do with it. In world building, you can't just have... But I mean, like like Saga, for example. Yeah, you know, it's unfair to compare any comic to Saga, but here yes. I am doing exactly that. Whatever. Um, I think Saga throws so many huge ideas at you, but at its base level, it just sounds like people that we know talking to each other. Yeah. This doesn't. <laughs> this is that's like true, this is absurd. The dialogue is yeah. I'm, I, I, it's just not my cup of tea. That's all. Yeah. I, I'm, no, not, that's I'm, not, I'm not saying this isn't good at all. This isn't yeah. great. I, I, I'm still going to stick with it too, um, just because you know once you. Once, he's, once he establishes this world and the, the rules of, you know, mm. the different species, I'll probably follow it a bit better. But, like, it's an absurdly fun comic. Yeah. That's with, that, that has dialogue that makes it not fun for me. Right. Fair enough. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't um, have a huge problem with the dialogue. I sort of think that once you figure out, like, a couple of the words, it, it was still, like, a bit of a chore in yeah. some bits. But um, I enjoyed it and I... Yeah. The makers really love you, this. Cora. Why can't you be a good monk and love them back? <laughs> naughty stepping, naughty stepping. I don't know. It's just a <laughs> yeah, like it's pretty silly. Today you were no obedient. That means extra duties for you, extra holiness, and stop sulking. Makers hate sulky butts. That's the law. <laughs> Everything's spelt wrong. I don't know. Like, like, as I'm saying that, I'm like, Made shut up, man. Sense. It's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give it. I'll give it a couple more issues. Like I said, I, I'm a massive fan of Sisperia as a writer. I just, um, you know, I think I, I, I've realized that. Or, like, you know, God Shaper, for example. I don't think either of us stuck with. No, no, I haven't. I haven't stuck with God Shaper. Um, just because there is, there's just so much to remember and take in each issue. Yeah. And I'm hoping that this is a bit more grounded than that. Absolutely. Um, so we also got a book um, from uh, one of Image's kind of better known uh, editors, um, Sean Makowicz. 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 Of course, Makowicz. That's yeah. how you'd say it. Absolutely. Um, who uh, is best known for his work on the Skybound books, um, working with Robert Kirkman on a lot of his p- properties. Um, and uh, this is a book called Gasolina, <clears throat> um, which has been written, uh, written with um, artist uh, Nico Walter and colors by Matt Lopez. Mm-hmm. And um, this is the, the tried and true image formula of take something really grounded. So in this case, it is like a, um, uh, I guess, like a kind of Southern American kind of drug crime story and then throw some crazy sci-fi shit at it. And so this is a, like a, a drug drama um, with, uh, with aliens in it. Great. <laughs> um, Skybound generally, you know, take about four issues or so for you to kind of fully like, grasp what they're trying to do. Mm. Um, I thought this was like a pretty good, good two-thirds of world building. We meet all the characters in this, you know, regular fucked up world and then you get the extra um, throw a bunch of alien bullshit in the mix too. Are you what is the alien bullshit? Alien bullshit. That, that, so th- there's a like a, a kid who's been held hostage that our hero has to save. And when the, the kid is reunited oh. with his father, a chest hugger alien, uh, yes. looking directly out of the movie, aliens pretty much, bursts out of the kid's chest and into yes. his father. 
I forgot all of the all of that stuff in amongst everything else going on. I really like this issue though. Yeah, definitely. It's good. Um, great colors by Matt Lopez, I have to say. The relationship between the two leads is very interesting. It's like a bit of a kind of cool role reversal of she's the scary killer and he's the arranging guy. Yep. He's the secretary. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's Gasolina, number one. Um, uh, definitely a, an image, a Skybound book to, to check out. They haven't re- they've been having a really good run with, uh, with new series. We're mm. going to be reviewing a couple of issues of them later in the episode, but... Absolutely. On to a good thing, those Skybound boys. Um, the image uh, number one that I enjoyed the most this week was uh, Thought Bubble, uh, which is not really a number one. It's no. an anthology that um, has been released. It's a, it's a kind of big format, newspaper format um, anthology from different creators that are appearing at the big Thought Bubble convention mm-hmm. in Leeds, UK, mm-hmm. um, this weekend, just passed. Uh, that some of our listeners, or one, at least one of our listeners was at. Shouts to Rebecca for um, Rebecca. being the greatest. In fact, yeah. I just, just said how much I like X-Men Legacy. She managed to get Cyspuria, um to sign one of those great issues of the, the incredible um, covers. So That's so cool. That's very, very cool. I've never even met this person. She just likes the podcast and she's the greatest. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and unfortunately, so the comic isn't about her. Um, just just <laughs> being, being good in the world. Uh, it is... Uh, a collection of uh, short stories by various creators, in, um, some big names, some not. Uh, big names include Jason Aaron, Cecil Castellucci, Brandon Graham, Jody Hauser, Jason Latour, Amy Lennox, uh, Marley Zarconi. Uh, in fact, you have Cecil and Marley from um, Shade the Changing Girl doing mm-hmm. a kind of nice big pretty one page about yeah, why comics lovely. are great. Mm-hmm. Um, but the most exciting thing in this f- for me was this big, big, big page format, um, two-page story um, of Southern Bastards featuring the kind of you know, the, the, the first kind of uh, protagonist of, of that book um, on a holiday in UK. And uh, I don't know if you've, have you ever seen the, um, the YouTube series called The Pengus Munch. No. So it is a, a, about a, a young British kid who goes to like really cheap corner store fried chicken mm-hmm. joints and reviews the fried chicken. Amazing. And Peng is like, you know, like delicious. Yeah. Um, so he's fi- trying to find the pengest munch. That's amazing. And so Jason Aaron is pretty much like has Earl Tubb going to a, a place called Bama Chicken. Amazing. Earl Tubb's from Alabama. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, he kind of notes the differences between, you know, why this isn't Alabama. Mm-hmm. And then they end up, they, it, it's really sweet. There's, a, there's a, a big fight that breaks out out the front of the store. And he's like, what are they fighting about? And then uh, the guy at the store who has, you know, just been spurting out various things that he's ripped out of the, uh, the pengest munch videos says, oh, they're, they're, they're fighting over football. This always happens. And he's like, oh, maybe this is, maybe this is just like Alabama after all. Uh, it's really sweet. Yeah, very I, cute. I really enjoyed it. And um, then there's some, uh, some other little uh, strips by, by like, kids. Mm-hmm. There's like a, a bunch of winners of this under-18s comic book competition that they, that they included. And uh, it's so great. Yeah, it's, it's a really cool little package. It's something that, um, that I'm, you know, I, I, as a Southern Bastards fan, was a great surprise. Mm. Um, but uh, just as, as a whole package, I was really, really happy with it. Nice. One of my favorite favorite books of the week, I think. Um, so you, I'm assuming, didn't read issue one of Glitterbomb, the Fame Game. So this is a Jim Zub book that uh, I read one or two issues of. It's about mm-hmm. a a woman trying to make it in Hollywood, and she also is a uh, host to a monster. Mm. Um, and uh, I thought the monster parts of it were really cool, but her trying to make it in Hollywood was really trite <laughs> to me. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I did enjoy it. Because I love tried Hollywood stories. <laughs> um, and I like the art by Jibril Morissette Fan. I think this came out like a month after The Fade Out by Ed Brubaker oh, and yeah, Sean they're Phillips. Oh, yeah, very stopped. different books. I know, I know, but I was like, all oh, right, more Hollywood. Oh, no, yeah. this is nothing like that. <laughs> That's, they're doing a 
another series of that. I'm so excited. What? I didn't yeah. see it announced. They shit. referenced, uh, Brubaker mentioned it in the back matter of last week's Killer Be Killed. No and they're way. They're going to do another series. I am thrilled. That's so cool. It's so cool. Because not many characters from that book are alive. Yeah. So I wonder what they're going to write about. <laughs> Just more Hollywood nonsense. Oh, yeah, great. I'm like criminals. Super into it. Great. Um, but I did like um, the first series of Glitter Bomb. And this next series pretty much just deals with um, the character Farah, I think her name was, um, her assistant dealing with the like backlash of what just happened of because this giant monster killing lots and lots of people. And she's like, because she's now at a point where there's a lot less of the woman. It's mostly the monster now, right? She's dead. The main character is dead. Right. She died in the end of the last series. Um, and her assistant was the last, or her babysitter was the last person to see her alive. Something right. like that. And so now she's just dealing with that, dealing with like, she's now famous, um, but then also there appears to be another monster. Another the glitter same bomb. monster, whatever. Anyway, I like it. It's a good fun. Good <coughs> well fun done. series. Good, good, good work, Image. Oh, wait, there's one more to do. Oh, no, Ooh, I see it. So I didn't read Five this. number ones from Image this week. Good Lord. I read the Miller World New Talent Annual 2017. <laughs> Um, which is a, an anthology. The second year they've done this, um, Mark Miller gets a bunch of young creators to uh, do like four-page stories um, featuring these various characters that he's put out through Miller World. So mm-hmm. you've got a kick-ass story or an Empress story, um, Secret Service, that kind of thing. Um, and uh, I like giving this a shot because you, you do find some interesting artists. In fact, I was very surprised that my favorite story um, from a writing point of view was um, a kick-ass story mm. written by someone called Emma Sale. So shouts to Emma. But then um, there is some um, fantastic art that shows up later in the issue um, in, where was it? Yeah, okay, um, here we go. Um, the Huck Story, art by Jake, Jake Elphick. Um, I really, really loved his uh, his very stylized lines, mm. and it's been really, really well colored too. So, look, I, I, I don't. None of these kind of stories are that essential. Also, the the Empress art by uh, Luana Vecchio was really great too. Um, none of the stories are that essential. None of them are bad by any means. Mm. Um, but it's yeah, it's a, it's a largely an essential thing unless you're a massive fan of all of Miller's properties, which a lot of comic book readers are. Mm. So, give it a shot. Okay. Um, those are all the image number ones, but we've got lots more image books being reviewed later in our episode when we get to our bulk uh, reviews. Um, let's move over to Valiance now uh, for one of the books that I assume would be in my top six of the week. Uh, Bloodshot Salvation, number one, by Jeff Lemire, Louis LaRosa, Miko Sayant, fuck, <laughs> and Brian Reaver. We just got, we got we always get called out about how bad we, we pronounce things. It's, like, it's not we're doing it intentionally. It's just our brains and eyes don't work uh, yep. the way that they should Absolutely. because we're Australian and we're by far the dumbest at pronouncing things. Yeah. Like, I'll take it. Yeah. I'll, I'll take it. Absolutely. It's, it's ours. Listen to our voices. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I know that I, I could try and find people randomly pronouncing these creators' names in interviews, but mm. it's hard enough just reading all the books, which I'm sure, <laughs> like, if I was a creator, I would want someone just reading the material to begin with and learning how to pronounce my name. Yeah, but feel free, like, if we're doing a terrible job at someone's name, feel free to send us the correct pronunciation. Yep. Um, you know what, that name too, Miko Soyan. Swayan? I don't know. Yeah. Swayan. I should have just left it. Yeah. Um, so Bloodshot <laughs> Salvation is the latest in the um, long-running Jeff Lemire take on Bloodshot, who is the uh, the character over at Valiant who um, I guess is like their Wolverine. He's got a bunch of nanites mm. in his mm-hmm. body that make him, uh, you know, have give him a healing factor and make him an indestructible killer. Um, but at some point in uh, Lemire's uh, last run at Valiant with uh, Bloodshot, Bloodshot uh, fell in love and uh, birthed a baby. 
And so this, the bulk of this issue is, a, is we, actually we get a glimpse into the future at the start of uh, his daughter um, who looks like she has the nanites within her. Yeah, she's she's, she looks like a bloodshot. White skin with black, blood red eyes. Um, her basically having to fight a bunch of uh, soldiers that are after her and we learn that bloodshot has died. Mm. Uh, then, we, then we cut back um, in time um, and uh, we see kind of bloodshot trying to not be bloodshot anymore and mm-hmm. just be a father. Um, I enjoyed this. I thought it was a good, good little start to yeah. to what is it? You know, I, I I always say I've got to go back and read Lemire's Bloodshot, and I, I guess there's definitely incentive to do that. Yeah, absolutely agreed. Because I did, I really enjoy this issue. It was a funny one because I was reading it um, in front of my mum, and it was one of those ones where I was like, ha, "My job is so funny," because I was trying to explain the concept of bloodshot to her, <laughs> and so What's I'm like, "Yeah, so this is a bloodshot." And then she was like, what about the dog? I was like, the dog's also a bloodshot. Yeah, bloodshot has a dog who has like red eyes too. He kind of looks like the dog from Okami. Um, yeah. But I, yeah, I like this series a lot. It's good. Yeah, it's great. And it's always good to read New Lemire. But I I have no idea who the reveal of the big character at the end is. And so now it makes me want to go and read all Mm. of uh, Lemire's bloodshot run. He looks like the male stripper version. That's right. Definitely. What's the... um, Like the thunder from down under. Like, yeah, but like magic mic mic shot or something. Yeah. Nice. Good. Real good stuff. (laughs) Um, Boom put out a, uh, a book um, that I did not want or expect, but guess what? I liked it quite a lot. Um, we really enjoyed the Big Trouble in Little China and Escape from New York crossover uh-huh. that Boom put out at the start of the year. And we get another um, Big Trouble in Little China book in Old Man Jack, number one. Um, which, interestingly enough, has been written by John Carpenter, the original uh-huh. writer and director of Big Trouble in Little China and many other fantastic cinema. Um, co-written with Anthony Birch, illustrations by Jorge Corona and Colours by Gabrielle Casada. Um, this is... I, I saw Old Man Jack and I got like, oh no, like, this Same. Is like their take on Old Man Logan. Um, but you forget that Jack from, uh, from, from Big Trouble in Little China is a big old goof yep. who relies on his like, you know, his weird luck, his clumsy luck powers mm-hmm. to get by. And um, I thought this was really fun and silly. Yeah, same. I loved this. It's him in an old ma- as an old man in this kind of like land in which he kind of has everything that he could ever want except he's... He's, he's on his own. Yeah. And then one day his radio crackles on and uh, it's a maiden, a damsel in distress, asking for Jack to come and save him. And, of course, he gets tra- tricked. There's, Obviously. There's a whole bunch of goofy kind of labyrinth stuff he has to get through to get there, which are really, really funny. The, he has to go through the hell of minor discomforts. Yeah. <laughs> which I thought was very amusing. And, um, yeah, I, I, this, was, this was a lot of fun. Absolutely. Like, it was one of those ones that could have been really lame if the jokes didn't land so well like i found this really funny um i love like i love the voice of jack burton i find it really funny um so yeah i really enjoyed this and the cartooning was excellent yeah it reminded me a lot of um chew yeah um which is a very great comedic um cartoon book mm-hmm. um over to aftershock now and the fucking 700th <laughs> new number one written by cullen bond that we've received this year <laughs> When we do our awards at the show at the end of the year, we mm. have to do our best Cullen Bunn number one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but this one uh, had art by Juan Doe, who was a kind of a staple over at Aftershock. He's been mm-hmm. uh, featured on many great books. Um, he has an excellent art style yep. um, with great use of colors too. Um, and this is called Dark Ark. Um, and this is the kind of take on the um, like Noah's Ark, the biblical story in which mm. uh, God is going to flood the sinners um, but he tells Noah to build an enormous ark and put two of each animal on board so that they can create incestuous children um, classic. forevermore classic um, as they rebuild the, rebuild the earth. But uh, upon getting wind of that, the devil? Or is it the devil or just a kind of a devil? I think, yeah, a devil. 
Could be the devil. Some evil guy that lives underground um, gets wind of God's plans and decides to um, create, tell someone to create their own ark and fill it with all these dark, mystical, mythical creatures. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, a whole bunch of hell breaks loose on this dark ark. Um, <laughs> like, I read um, another Cullen Bunn book directly before I read this, and it is pretty funny how it's like, what if, like, Merlin was evil. What if there was an evil arc? Like, um, and, and then they're he, pretty like hilarious high concepts, but huge high concepts. And then like I feel them. like he writes the first three sentences that come to his mind, and then turns that into a, into a into a comic book. I'm not saying they're bad. I'm just no. saying, Columbine, you write too many comic books. <laughs> How great would it be if you just sat on this a little bit longer mm. and like, and instead of writing like like honestly, he writes 50 different series a year. Like, I'm There's not even lot. exaggerating. Yeah. It's it's getting close to that point. Uh, so which means I am holiday, exactly, man. Like, yes, yeah, <laughs> totally. Um, but we there is the series. It is theory that there are three Cullen Buns. Oh yeah, absolutely. So a, or maybe, maybe every publisher has their oh, own has Cullen their own. Bun. Absolutely. It's like the um, John Smith, which is the name that they have to write on all, all credit cards in um, in, in advertising. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yeah. So maybe that's who Cullen Bun is to publishers. Let us know your Cullen Bun theories. <laughs> Serious issues at kingscomics.com. Um, but I did. I did quite like this. It's yeah. a silly concept. I thought that was fun. And Wando's art is awesome. Excellent. Really, really lovely. Really it looks great. really like illuminated or something. Well, he did that um, excellent um, uh, world reader. Yes. That one that just finished it after Chuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and he also is uh, the regular artist on the spin-off issues of Animosity, uh. which is another Aftershock book. And so um, I picked up World of Animosity number one, uh, written by Marguerite Bennett with art by Raphael Delator and Wando again, and was tricked into buying one of those books ah. where they just sum up everything that's happened in the world so far. Um, so it's not really a comic. It's just kind of like a summation of the different characters in it. Right. But I was like, I'll give this a chance. I'll have a little flick through. The coolest thing about this mm-hmm. is that Margaret Bennett has written paragraphs about what is happening. In, so animosity is the, oh, the whole concept is that animals like wake up and, and, yep. and can communicate and realize everything that, that humans have done to them mm-hmm. and they become the greater power in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an enormous concept, but and it has a, it has one of my favorite first issues ever. Yeah. But immediately, kind of, I just think focus on the wrong things that I that I wanted to see. Not the wrong thing for me. I yeah. didn't want to see what, what, what the, I didn't want to read what the book ended up becoming. Mm. Um, it was very much about like a, a little girl and her her relationship with her dog, but it was very fast moving. It took big yeah. jumped ahead in time and didn't explore the really captivating, interesting ideas. But this book, so she goes every single, like, honestly, it's like over a hundred. Yeah, like, that's amazing. A, like a lot of, basically, she says, first, first she writes what happen, what's happening in every state of, um, of America, mm-hmm. pretty much. And then she goes elsewhere around the world. And um, so just to give you an example of the kind of, this is what's happening in Australia. Oh my God, yes. In animosity. So Australia, the deadly animals of Australia may truly have met their match in the ferocity of its people, but the humans were too few. The detention centres, where imprisoned refugees were held for attempting to enter the country without documentation, were opened in the hopes of granting citizenship in exchange for taking up arms against the animals. The animals, who bowed only to the ancient people of the continent, sought the counsel of, the, of, the one, of one named Ruby, a human woman who rose to usher in, an, usher in an uneasy end to the bloodshed. She beseeched the animals to tear down the prisons that held the refugees, and with an army of the mightiest and deadliest creatures in the world at her back, offered all the humans th- this alternative. Live in peace together or die as invaders on a stolen land. That's incredible. I want to read that comic. Yeah. Can you please, can someone please write that comic? Can Marguerite Bennett please write that but comic? There are, 
there are all these insane ideas. That's so. Like, and, 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 we, and we've kind of spoken about this before. Like I think yeah. Marguerite Bennett has so many amazing ideas. Yeah. I've, I I feel like maybe like she's someone that like like she should just be this ideas factory. Yeah, totally. Like give her an imprint, and then she can just get other writers to. Because I I. I I I like you know one in five of her books from mm. a dialogue and story standpoint, but I always like the initial concepts, especially yeah. her creator own stuff. And um, yeah, That's I just so interesting. I, I, she has a lot of cool ideas in her head. So I think I'll never actually write off her as a writer. Mm. Having read this, I'm like, like she one day she is going to write absolutely. a book that I absolutely love. So yeah, oh man, That's such a yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm so re- like blown away by that. Um, also, I love that after that really long paragraph about what's happening in Australia, New Zealand just gets guess. I don't know. I don't know. That's a first demand. So the sheep have taken over. <laughs> oh, is that? Yeah. Okay. Cool. You got to assume sheep joke. Great. Yeah. Obviously, the best cheap joke there is. Um, so yeah, look. If if you uh, enjoy, if you, like us, you enjoyed the the kind of concept that animosity uh, mm. kind of put forward at first, but never followed up on it. Um, give us some a shot. It's yeah. cool. There's some cool ideas in here for sure. Cool. I also read. I read um, issue one of Samurai Jack, Quantum Jack. Which, from IDW. Yeah, so this is a um, th- they've been doing these on and off mini series based mm. off the uh, what is kind of known by many as uh, the best Cartoon Network series of all time by Jendi mm-hmm. Tartakovsky. Mm-hmm. Um, how is this little mini series? I really like this. Um, it's kind of so this is written by Fabian Wrangle Jr. with art and colors by Warwick Johnson Caldwell, um, and it's kind of like a cool alternate universe Mad Maxi sort of um, Samurai Jack story. I really liked it. Samurai Max. Yep. Exactly. Perfect. Nailed it. Cool. That's all that needs to be said. Really <laughs> cool art, though. I like this a lot. Will you be sticking with it? Yeah. Great. Awesome. Um, do you have you ever read a book by the from the publisher Alterna Comics? No, I haven't. So I'm just so bewildered by their their existence. They put out comics that are a dollar fifty US each, mm-hmm. and they print it all on very very cheap paper. So yeah. I guess that, you know, that's how that's they can the make the costs. Mm-hmm. Um, they just do a, a ton of like limited series, um, and this is the latest one um, called Mister Crypt. It's written by Troy uh, Vivasis with uh, art by Alexander Jovic. Um, and uh, this is like a kind of slapstick kind of book that I guess you would have seen stacks of when comic strips were inventive, mm-hmm. invented. But it's like a, basically about um, a guy called Mr. Crypt. He is a skeleton with a top hat and a fake nice. moustache and he keeps trying to pass as humans. And then he gets chased out of, out of town when everything goes awry. Amazing. Um, it was really silly and funny. Sign me up. And yeah, I, I, I could read a ton of these. The, the art art was really, really lovely and and and, mm. and cutesy and fun, um, and uh, it was just a, a breeze to read. It kind of you know when you're reading a lot of, um, especially number ones, will often spend so much time build, building such an enormous world. It was so fun to read a number one that was just like here's a bunch of dumb jokes about a skeleton with a mustache. Nice. Um, I read two books from Dynamite this week, oh, and cool. I bet you didn't. You know what? You made the right call. Nice. Uh, I read Killer Instinct number one. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is, was a fighting game on the SNES that I still have the CD soundtrack to. Cool. Uh, that's all I remember about Killer Instinct. Uh, I guess they're a massive fan. What's the fans. soundtrack like? Um, like, you know, like when the, the the Super Nintendo tried to do like weird mm. takes on techno. Yeah. I, I love like that. The sound chip in that machine was really great. So, um, I love hearing Sounds it. Sounds cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, the um, this comic for a fighting game had very little fighting in it. No. That's the end of my review. I also tried to read the first issue of a book called The Librarians. Yeah. Which I take as a television show. I think so. I assume so. And um, I always say like, hey, all comics should have recap pages, but not 
Whoa. an enormous burst of words that you have to read before a number one issue. Um, and so I didn't make it far into this book. Nice. So that's my shout out to, to Dynamite's efforts in number one, but well, this week. Do better. Uh, they did better later on. We're going to review a very good book sure. by them later on. Um, so that is the end of our uh, First Things First this week. If you read these or if you did not read these, but you have thoughts that you would like to share with us, the best way to place to do it is on our Facebook group, which is facebook.com slash groups slash Serious Issues Podcast, a, uh, a group filled with thousands of comic book readers just like you who love arguing about comics respectfully. Very kindly and respectfully. Um, come join us. Me and Shavon are in there sometimes. Sometimes. Uh, giving teasers of what... Some of us would look like in a fez at a year 12 formal, for Whoa, instance. Oh, huge. Uh, the next segment we're going to play is a game called Roll the Dice for Marvel, Image, or DC. And you know what's never happened, Siobhan. You've never rolled the oh, dice. Oh, that's true. I've never even touched the dice. There you uh, go. You can touch it. So every, every week we roll a dice to figure out what we will review next. Okay. So uh, first, first we say um, one to two is? DC. Then three to four is? Marvel. Then five to six is? Image. Okay, let's go. Roll that dice. She's rolled a one. DC. Then she's going to roll a uh, two. It's DC uh, again. DC. We can review DC twice. Four. All right, so we do. It always happens. DC, Marvel, It always image. happens in the order you say <laughs> it. Yeah, so right, we're going to do DC, then Marvel, then Image. Uh, kicking things off with the latest issue, issue number 31 of uh, Tom King's Batman with uh, art by um, M- Michael Janin. And um, this is uh, the latest in the War of Jokes and Riddles, which pit the Joker versus the Riddler. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is like... Just great to me. Yeah. It's everything so I want fun. in a Batman book. It's so fun. It, it has so many of, uh, you know, one, the best rogues gallery in, in comic books. Um, and he has like just a slight, like I guess the Riddler is probably the, the one that's, he, he's, he's the most different take on it. On mm-hmm. a, like maybe Kite Man as well. Um, yeah. But uh, it's just so fun. Mikkel Jenin, is it Michael or Michael? Oh, let us know. No, angry, no, let us know yeah. angrily let on the internet. What's wrong with us. Uh, but uh, I, I love his art. Yeah. His, his, his takes. As well as, you know, Tom King's takes, like, you know, from the personality-wise of each of these characters, but the uh, artistically, it's yeah. really great, too. I love his take on the um, Jim Balant-era Catwoman costume. Yes, definitely. One of my faves. Big and purple. Um, I also love the funny, like, sassy sex joke that um, <laughs> Catwoman makes halfway through. Never apologize for a position you put me in. But, Hilarious. yeah, we, we're nearing the part where we finally realize, where we finally learn what Batman has done yeah. That's so bad that he has to tell Catwoman about. Yeah. Can their budding relationship stand the horrible reveal that we have where we have no idea about yet? Will this be the world's shortest engagement? Um, but I love like what a massive role Kite Man has played in this mm-hmm. arc. So much in, to the point where he actually provides uh, everyone on the Riddler's team with kites. Yep. Um, um, but unfortunately, he gets punched out by the Riddler. Poor Kite Man. Poor old Kite Man. Hell yeah. I love this version of the Joker so much. Yeah, me too. I think that's the biggest thing. I, I, I'm, I'm someone that when the Joker shows up in a comic, I'm like, oh, the Joker. Yeah. But this is the kind of Joker I always want to read. He's, yeah. He's like, you know, he's, he's like Joe Pesci in Goodfellas. Just really like You know, why am I unhinged. funny? How am I funny? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, Great I think, Joe Pesci. <laughs> <laughs> there, there, are some, some, there are some impersonations, mostly like, you know, ethnicities that I won't go near. <laughs> <laughs> That's Michael Caine, call. for example, I'll go there. You'll nail I'll go there a hundred times. I'm going to know. I won't nail it. Let's go there. Uh. <laughs> it's not about nailing it. <laughs> it's just giving it a red hot go. Um, so that was Batman 31, um, an excellent issue of a yeah. great, great, great run. I think we'll be kind of, you know, whenever people put together their list of the best Batman stories, um, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see this one up there for many Popping years up. to come. Agreed. Super Sons this week, um, Planet of the Capes, uh, featuring both Damien, Wayne, and John Kent teaming up, uh, written by Peter Tomasi, who has been absent 
uh, from the Superman book, but mm-hmm. continues to read, write Super Sons with art by Jorge Jimenez. Um, Did I, I miss an issue of this or something? That's what I thought too, but we didn't. Um, basically, you just see... So the, the, the first thing you see in this, mm-hmm. in the first panel is... Um, Robin say, by your mother, ah, mm. and then they get warped through a, like a little black hole mm-hmm. and then they suddenly wake up in this weird fantasy land. And that sums up what I wish was not a part of this book. Mm. Like, I, I love how, I love, first of all, I love Jorge Mines' art. I think so it's good. incredible. It's one of the best, one of the best artists working at DC right now. Yeah. Um, but Peter Tomasi like writes such a good John Kent, writes mm. such a good Damian Wayne, writes such a good comic from the perspective of two kids trying to mm-hmm. fight crime and you know trying to sneak around their parents and i love all that stuff so much but the high concepts of the the evil that they have to fight i'm just like why did you go this this ridiculous with it why do yeah. we need to have them warp to a different dimension i just kind of want them to kind of go up against like zed grade totally. villains and then get grounded at the end yeah that's all i want i want that's grounded want stories and grounded teenagers <laughs> and preteens and preteens yep yeah, um, I didn't really understand what was going on with this, like, alive mud world. Um, but there were still some really cute moments. There's some brilliant moments incredible. in here, yeah. Um, that just, I mean, the way that he writes both these characters is, is, is so awesome. Such a funny Damien. Definitely. And, um, and, you know, such a sweet John Kent, too. Yeah, Real absolutely. Um, Aquaman this week, issue number 28. Um, this is the uh, surprisingly fantastic uh, uh, continuation of the run by Dan Abnett and uh, Stepchan Sedjic. Nice. Someone actually sent us a video of him pronouncing it properly. Oh, nice. Sejic, I think. Oh, fuck, fuck you. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I heard you say that. I was like, wow, that's really impressive. I don't know if I can do that. I'm going to practice though, guys. Stepjohn is, is a very, Step-John. very fun word to say. That is a fun word to say. What um, a fun man. Yeah. Well, maybe it's step. No, you know, every time I go back Stop. to it, I just make it worse and worse and worse. <laughs> uh, but this is, he draws a really great Aquaman. I'll tell you what. He does. And I'm really worried. Will this book be as good as it is mm. when um, when he is not the artist on the book anymore? I mean, probably not. <laughs> but has, has, but the story does is he compelling. Know when he's leaving? I don't know. It hasn't okay. been announced yet. We we you know who we, we haven't shouted out is that the um, I think it got a new a new editor as well. Okay. Um, and that's why it, you know it has a massive shift in tone too. Mm. But this is yeah like um, Aquaman is no longer the king of Atlantis, mm-hmm. and uh, in fact, everyone thinks he's dead. And uh, he's teamed up with uh, a, a new hot girl under the sea yeah. uh, whose name is Dolphin. Hot ocean girl. Oh, just bring that <sighs> ocean, ocean girl. girl. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, it's a really fun. Lots of great action sequences in this issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the, the we, we know we're going to get a reunion of, of Mera and Aquaman soon, which yep. I'm looking forward to. We get a sexy Tempest. Yes. There's a lot of great stuff in this comic. Yeah. Really, really great issue. You know what's the only thing that I don't like is the lettering when it changes scene and it goes like the throne room of Atlantis and it looks like it's um wobbly. I just don't like that. It's wobbly because it's under the sea. I understand the concept, but I just don't like don't it. Don't you I read all um Aquaman speech bubbles like um <laughs> 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 Um Superman that should, be, that should be a Patreon. What well, I'll do an entire yeah. episode yeah, of yeah, series issues like I'm underwater. <laughs> Um, I'll, I'll review Superman. Okay, you ready? No, no, that's too <laughs> annoying. Stop. <laughs> Superman issue thirty-one. Um, we get another new creative team. Where's Where's Tomasi at? Where's mm. um, Where's Gleason at? What's going on with this series? Let us know, DC. Um, and it just feels like this is just a Superman story they had in the can. Yeah. Um, which features uh, Superman going up against, oh, sorry, Lois Lane going up against Deathstroke. Yeah. But it's pre it's Deathstroke, like that's not doesn't line up with what Deathstroke is like now in his in his own book. Um, he's still in his purple and black costume. 
and like with a cool scarf on for some of it. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, but yeah, like basically, it's Lois Lane um, wanting to do wanting to write a story about Deathstroke, and she tries to interview him. Um, and the issue ends with uh, Deathstroke shooting Lois Lane in the head. So R.I.P. Lois Lane forever. Yeah, that's the end. This of is just like when she had her leg torn off. Oh yeah, that was very poor. What a year she's had. I know. In uh, in close calls. Uh, it was written by James Bonney with art by Tyler Kirkham, um, and colors by Arif uh, Prianto. I liked Tyler, Tyler Kirkham's kind of like classic kind of refined 90s style on mm. this book, but um, I just you know I thought it was just a bit of bit of a bit of a meh story. Yeah. To it. I didn't I didn't hate it. Didn't hate it at all. It was meh. fine. Meh is slightly below, below fine. Yeah. Me. And mm. we got we got a definite meh in Doctor Strange later, which we'll, we'll oh, yeah, too. Yeah. Similar vibe. Um, I'm reading the book uh, Trinity, which is Batman, Wonder Woman, and Superman um, together. Um, but there's also a bunch of other Trinities in here. You have Red Hood and Bizarro and um, Artemis, and then you've also got Cersei um, and uh, Rachel Ghul, Rachel Ghul, and Lex Luthor. Mm-hmm. And then you also have the Dark Trinity of Dead Man, Constantine, and uh, Zatanna. Nice. So they should call it Trinities. Um, and uh, I just think, you know, it, it's, it's really goofy and silly, like all of the books that uh, it's written by Rob Williams, who's doing Suicide Squad at the moment, mm-hmm. uh, recently proclaimed as too silly by me. But uh, I still wrote down the next issue for my pull list this week. So well, what do I know? Um, and uh, it has, a, it has uh, the most butchered English version of Constantine you'll ever read. Nice. But it's still very funny and fun. And, you know, having 12 of DC's kind of most beloved characters at each other's throats for an entire issue is lots of fun. Mm. Um, I read Nightwing this week. Same. Which uh, incidentally ties into the Suicide Squad issue next week. Um, this is a tie into the uh, uh, to Dark Knights um, in which uh, we see there's like a big pyramid that's hap- like kind of taken over Gotham mm-hmm. and um, a, a weird crew of um, some of the Teen Titans, Nightwing, um, Green Killer Arrow Croc. and Suicide Squad have kind mm. of like teamed up. What do you the think? The team up no one wanted. I couldn't get through this. I didn't hate it. That was all right. That was pretty silly. I don't really remember what happened. Pretty silly. More like pretty silly. Tim yeah. Sealy, that is. He's the writer, everyone. <laughs> so it was them getting through, like, um, Dr. Freeze's ice level. Mr. Freeze. We have Mr. a bad Freeze. habit of calling uh, yeah. Mr.'s doctor. Apparently, it's not Mi- Dr. Oz. It's uh. Mr. Oz. <laughs> I think Dr. Oz... Was Dr. Oz in, Do- in the Muppets? Isn't Dr. Oz, like... A doctor on TV in America who sells oh, yeah, like, yeah, right, weight right. loss shakes or something. Yeah, yeah, and he plays in the Muppets Band. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah I think it's Dr. Teeth. You're right. Mr. Teeth. <laughs> um, God, I have no idea what happened to this. I'm just flicking through it like... That's what I yeah, mean. It was, it, just, didn't, it, it was absolutely fine. It was just so much bullshit happening at the same time. The last issue of this was better. I'll okay. probably read the next one. Who cares? Who was that one? Um, Injustice 2, another book that balances many, many beloved characters in the DC universe, but this is an alternate version of them that ties into the video games. Written by Tom Taylor. Um, and, uh, you know, one of one of the more beloved uh, kind of DC series from, a lot from recent years as well. Uh, and this issue is by Danielle Semperi with um, inks by Juan Albaran. Um, and colors by Rex Locus. And uh, this uh, basically sees what little superheroes are left um, infiltrating Rachel Ghoul's kind of paradise uh, prison that mm. he's got, where he's kind of like preserving and trying to bring back extinct wildlife and things like that. Uh, we. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Kind of have a long focus on Harley Quinn's motivations. Um, it's, it's a great book. It's really, really fun. I think you of all people especially would love it because... Uh, basically, like yeah, versions. like well, Oliver Queen and Green and uh, and Black Hornet. What's her name? Black Canary. Black Canary. God damn it! I've had a child in this in this book, and ah. uh, he gets kidnapped, and um, he's about to be like. Is it Connor? Is his name Connor? Yeah. Nice. Um, but he's from a different dimension. Cool. Yeah. Um, anyway, so he, he's about to get he he's about to get killed, and then he suddenly unleashes. A power that no one knew he had. He has the sonic scream. And I was cool. like, hell yeah. Comic books. You did it again. Nice. That's pretty fun. Um, I read issue seven of Batwoman by um, Marguerite Bennett. This is the with Bennett. art by Fernando Blanco. Oh, so Steve, I think he's not anymore? No. Yeah, I, At least for this issue. This is the Bennett book that everyone says is, is quite great. It is good. I was like, this was a um, an issue in which we see a drugged Batwoman having some crazy trippy dreams and stuff um and then we realize at the end that it's because of scarecrow which you know was also on the cover so i probably should have figured that out (laughs) but um yeah it's a really good book it was like this was a confusing issue to explain but very enjoyable with very good art and nice colors and it was called trippin bats it was called trippin bats everyone um i hate in the back though we're getting another series based on a statue line except this time it's the what if the women of the DC universe were sexing it into motorcycles. Woo! As a rev head, I can't wait. I love <laughs> revving my big old Yamaha bike. <laughs> vroom, vroom. Nice. Um, the funniest thing that I saw revealed on the back page this week, mm-hmm. and maybe another one later on, but in the back of the Valiant books is the reveal that uh, they are doing a Shadow Man with Race Remed comic book. What? Race Remed, the, the rap yeah. duo from Atlanta. Uh, who did that? I ain't got no type. Yeah. Bad bitches is the only <laughs> thing that I like. Um, and who hilariously, they were on the um, the front cover of a uh, a variant for when Sam Wilson took over as yeah. Captain America, which I I bought and got signed by them when I went on tour with them. Wow. Um, so now I have to get this race from its Shadow Man book. But I don't. This is them as characters, and like these guys are just like fun loving guys that love 
bad bitches. That's yeah. that's that, that's, that's, that's the their, only thing they like, literally. Yeah, and um and they talk about black beetles. What? You know that song, Black Beetles, the biggest. So that girl is a real crowd pleaser. Oh yeah. You know the songs that your boyfriend has to play <laughs> when he wants to play at strip clubs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's the only reason I know them. Um, so I don't know what the hell is going to happen in that book. Wow, anyway. I look forward to reading that. Um, you may remember Siobhan when I teased that one of my fa- what, what I thought would be one of my favorite six books of the week was mm-hmm. The Wild Storm, uh-huh. issue number seven by Warren Ellis and J- John Davis Hunt um, with Steve Bucoletto. Um, this was fucking fantastic. What a great issue. The action sequence in this book, which reminded me a lot of that issue of Batman where he's in the labyrinth and the kind of panels move around. Like the pe- you have to like actually move mm-hmm. the page around with you. There's a brilliant like escape sequence uh, panel where the, the like the panels kind of fo- follow our main character. Oh yeah, and, the, and as he's doing flips, but the walls move move with the mm-hmm. panel, and he stays in the same place. Mm-hmm. God, it was great. Yeah, I don't like. I just want to. I want to see a Warren Ellis script. Totally. I want to see how much of this was John Davis Hunt and how much was Warren Ellis, because you know Warren Ellis writes incredible action sequences. Mm. Plus, he works with great artists. So which is it? Which um, chicken or egg? But um, what I thought was really great, though, is that, uh, you know, we have a lot of trouble um, following exactly which character is which, what's happened in uh, issues prior mm-hmm. to this one, with this book more so than other ones. And uh, in his own way, Warren Ellis did a really great recap of everything yep. that's happened in this series so far as um, kind of a like a like someone that works in the special services kind of gives a like a data dump to all of her staff mm-hmm. and it was it, it worked really well i was like oh yeah that's right that's right that's right yep it kind of brought us back up to speed and, and then just went back into it it was great it worked really, really good. well agreed really i enjoyed well. this a yeah. lot this was yeah easily one of my favorite issues of the week i don't, we don't even need to go into the plot at all like because i just feel like you know that's gonna take forever but i'm yeah. really really enjoying where this is going it feels like they've finally got a team together now mm-hmm. and now we just need to know um what what, what they're going to do as a team Agreed. But take your time, Warren Ellis. I'm, I'm enjoying the fuck out of this. And John Absolutely. Davis Hunt, for some reason, a lot of people don't love his art. I think his art is phenomenal. Yeah, I really enjoy it too. I don't understand where people are coming from. You crazy guys. You crazy guys. Um, over to Young Animal right now. Um, oh, for You didn't I read totally, either of these? No, I totally forgot I to look at the Young Animal is, shop. I'm really tired. That's guys. your subconscious yeah. saying maybe enough is enough of these books that don't make any sense to maybe. you. Uh, so Cave Carson has a cybernetic eye written by Gerard Wage on Rivera. Michael Avon Oeming, Oeming and Nick Filardi. Um This uh, kind of serves as like a, almost like a wrap-up for the series. Mm-hmm. But I noticed at the, at the very end it says, coming up next um, is Milk Wars. Didn't that, wasn't that what happened at the end of issue 12 of Sh- Shade the Changing Girl too? Milk Wars? I don't remember. So I know that they are, all these books are going to cross over with the DC universe very soon. So maybe this is a little like kind of a kind of mm. good, like a slight goodbye until they come back in another format. Mm, but um, I, uh, I'm glad I stuck with Cape Carson. I thought this wrapped up really, really well. Um, I liked the role of the metal men in this uh, in this book. And I think as far as you know, this issue, this series definitely suffered from like what the fuck is going on syndrome. Um, and I think this did a pretty good job of explaining different characters' motivations, their end games, and I was I was I was happy with the en- satisfied with the ending. Um, nice, but. Even though Dead Man was on the front cover of issue four of Bug, The Adventures of Forager by uh, Team Alred, Lee Alred, Michael Alred, and Laura Alred, I think after halfway, getting through halfway through this book, I'm just never in the right mood to read it. Mm. And I think I have to drop it. It's the first young animal book I've got to drop. I'm sad. I'm sad for you. Do you like it? Like I don't know. I haven't read this I issue. Love, so I, maybe you, know, you know, I love looking at it. It's confusing as hell. So maybe, maybe I can just look at it and then, and then let's don't even talk about the story. All right. 
you've convinced me, me. I'm going to keep reading it. Nice. I'm glad to hear it. Uh, but yeah, this sort of dead man show up. I mean, I love that this does, like, there's a lot of cool New God, new God stuff in it and fun Kirby behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, like, little cameos of, um, of Mr. Miracle and Orion. But uh, yeah, I'm, not, I'm just like, I'm just, I, don't know, I don't know what it is. I'm not engaged by the story. In it's because it, it's like a crazy nonsense story. Yeah. And there's not a strong narrative, um, like linear narrative. And so it's kind of, you come back in and you're like, what's happening? Oh yeah, nothing. <laughs> Shadowstar is uh, spitting out his dummy. He's doing dummy spits at all of our <laughs> insane hot takes. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's the equivalent of dropping his monocle in his, in his whiskey. <laughs> um, those are all the DC reviews today. Um, and that's the only publisher, so that's the end of the episode. Just hey. kidding. <laughs> it's Marvel time, everybody. Um, and I'm going to proclaim this as the best week Bendis has had since we started this podcast. Whoa. Did you read Spider-Man 2? Nope. Issue number three? Nope. Well, I bet you didn't read the other one either. Um, Spider-Man 2, issue number three, written by Bendis with uh, art by Sarah Pacelli and um, colors by somebody else who isn't either of the other two guys. Um, someone, Ponzor. We'll find there eventually. It's written somewhere in this issue. Um Colors by Justin Ponzor. Um, and, uh, man, this issue... Like, I, I, I've hated this series up until now, but for whatever reason, I, stuck. I, 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 I pretty yeah. much read everything Bendis does. Even though I, <laughs> yeah. I frequently express my distaste for what he does, I still... There is something so easy to read about his comics to me. Yeah, totally. But even like when I don't like it, I, I, I want to read it. Mm. Um, and so this book... Um, basically told the backstory of the Miles Morales of the 616 um, ah. universe. And he is someone that played a big role in the early days of Kingpin. In fact, he is someone that Kingpin meets on his first stint in prison and he's been paid ah. to kill Kingpin and Kingpin ends up saving his life instead. Ah. Um, and then, sorry, and then Miles Morales saves Kingpin, Kingpin's life and Kings, Kingpin kind of owes Miles Morales forever. And the reason we haven't heard of Miles Morales all this time is because Kingpin made it so. As, right. as, as him returning the favor for saving his life, he basically erased the all evidence of the this, of Miles Morales' existence. Oh, that makes sense. And I, I don't know if you remember, but Brian Bendis is excellent at writing crime and gangster comics, and mm. that is exactly what this is. And that is how he started. He writes a great kingpin, and he writes a very good young kingpin in this too. Also, I would write, I would read. Not only would I read a young kingpin book, I'd probably buy a rap album by someone called Young Kingpin. Absolutely, it's a good name. Um, but yeah, that was a, it was a really great issue, and I'm glad I stuck with the series now. Nice. Um, I'm, sad I, I'm sad I didn't read it. He also wrote uh, Invincible Iron Man issue number eleven, which is almost a one shot, one shot with um, a great a great team of um, some of uh, my favorite Marvel artists right now. Um, you have uh, yeah, written by Brian Bendis with art by Stefano Caselli, um, Kate Niemczyk, who we haven't seen oh, cool. uh, on a Marvel book since Mockingbird, mm-hmm. um, Taki Soma, and Kichi Mikashima. Mizushima um, and colors by Marte Gracia um, and this was a uh, basically all of the kind of women in Tony Stark's life mm-hmm. so you have Riri Williams mm-hmm. you have um, Mary Jane who works for Stark Enterprises now you have his estranged mother um, and you have Friday who is the kind of AI unit yep it's just them all getting together telling each other stories that the others don't know about Tony Stark and it is the first comic that I've read in quite some time mm-hmm. that just was just like, hey, Tony Stark's a good dude. Yeah. And he's a hero sometimes. And here are these stories about him, like, kind of showing his flaws. But at the end of the day, he's a hero. And here he is, you know, being cool. And, like, let's bring t- Tony Stark back, everyone. Oh, that's cute. And I think that's what Brian Bendis needed to do before he actually brings back Tony Stark. Mm. Remind everybody that, like, you know, because he's always seen as, like, you know, 
the worst guy. Yeah, the worst guy, or you know, the, the perfect foil to Captain America, mm. or you know, like just super annoying. Yeah, I mean, even in even the movies now, it's like you know, the last like five Marvel movies, they're all been all the problems have been directly because of Tony Stark. Tony. So it That's was what it was like. it was good just to see a, a, some great sides, and it did get quite sappy. At one point, we learned that. Tony Stark because he was an orphan likes to visit orphanages oh, yeah. um, and just hold babies oh. because they like being held oh, and someone nice, needs to I hold guess. them. Um, and I, 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 it was schmaltzy, but it was done right. It was done, yeah. you know, Bendis, when he is like passionate about a, a story, can write great character moments and this had tons of them. And the backup matter is this letter that mm. he writes um, and it is uh, all about someone who lives um, down there uh, – Someone who lives across the road from him in, in um, in uh, he lives across the road, sorry, or lives across the road from Brian Bendis, um, in Portland, mm-hmm. and he writes his story about he, everyone telling him about this guy Dick Cheeks, mm-hmm. and he and he and he meets him, and turns out Dick Cheeks, this older guy, you know, he's a he's a he's a man of the cloth, mm-hmm. and and he and he loves Brian Bendis's comic books, he loves yeah. Alias, he loves whatever, and he has him over for dinner all the time with these other comic book creators, and every time he goes over there, he learns more and more things about this guy and um he finds out that dick cheeks is really sick uh. he tells him but he says I, I, i'm don't worry about me i've had a really full life it's been excellent and then brian bendis learns all of these incredible things that mm. dick cheeks has done and one of the things is that he likes to go to orphanages uh. and hold the, the babies because babies like to be holding and there's no one there to hold them and so he as a little tribute to his oh. friend dick cheeks he, he put that into tony's story that's so sweet and like you know not everyone is going to read the back matter but yeah. uh, this that i already really enjoyed the issue and then it's mm. maybe enjoy it all the all the better Aww. so like I, i've given bennis a lot of shit on the podcast surprisingly not that much over the last few months but mm. man i i, I there were two of my favorite marvel books this week were written by bennis and i haven't felt this way in more than five years that's amazing yeah oh how nice <sighs> did you read avengers this week Siobhan? i sure did uh issue number 11 written by mark wade and mike del mundo um what happened in this again this was like cute, everyone pairing off to be best friends. That's right. and I enjoyed it a lot. Spider-Man and, the new, and, and Nadia Pym like, team up and Spidey's like, why do you hate me so much? Mm. Give me a break. Let's just Which, be buds. I have to say that that doesn't fit in line with Nadia's solo book at all. I don't feel like she didn't have the capacity to hate anyone. But I sort of like this. She was like, you just rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah. I just don't like you, man. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. I enjoyed um, that. I love the, the talk about um, what is it like to be immortal mm-hmm. and have friends that don't last, you know, even a small percentage of what you're going to live yep. when Vision and, and Hercules are talking. And I thought that was really well, well written and, 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 and Absolutely. great. Absolutely. And like the, just the, they're in a, they're in a public space, they're in a coffee shop. And so everyone's taking photos of them around them. And then they start taking selfies with everyone as they're having this like really kind of somber, but joyous discussion about not dying. A, like a, a really a beautiful moment yeah really really great it was you know there's no real conflict in it it was just a great a great issue full of great character moments yep and, and this, gorgeous mike delmundo art this run gets a bad rap it shouldn't be lumped in with champions yeah I agree. which incidentally this is about to cross over with oh no <laughs> worlds collide begins and the first marvel legacy avengers story is uh is the avengers and the champions so we're gonna have to read a couple oh, champions man. issues okay um, hopefully it's better than it used to be um, U.S. Avengers this week. Um, I do not read this book. Okay, I want you to start though. Okay. I will, I'll, I'll show you why. So, um, what's his name? The guy who is a 
Cannonball, Sam yep. Guthrie, mm-hmm. um, he went missing around Secret Empire. Presumed okay. dead. We learn in this issue that he's not dead. Okay. Um, but he is missing in a you know a different dimension somewhere in space, and it is an entire world modeled no after way. Archie. So the That's next hilarious. issue is like a big kind of tribute to to Archie. Classic Archie. And we have pretty much like not cannon- sexy Riverdale. Cannonball in like Pop's diner, pretty much. Um, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what Al Ewing does with that world. This is a book written by him with art by uh, Paco Medina. Um, sorry, no, Paco Diaz. Paco Medina. Um, Paco Diaz, yeah. And colors by Jesus Abertov. Um, and uh, what else do I really love about is this issue? Is Captain Britain in this? Yeah, yeah. Ca- yeah. The, 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 in the Secret Empire crossovers, um, Squirrel Girl and Captain Britain and a bunch of uh, European fighters fought alongside each other. Um, and this is another great issue of um, of Robert Roberto da Costa kind of like pulling one over all the higher-ups that he works with. And um, a bold new era of the US Avengers begins. The guy who was um, Hulk is mm-hmm. now not able to be Hulk again, but he's just a big red Just a big red man. version of himself? Yeah, awesome. Yeah, pretty That's great. pretty funny. And uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was really cool. There was, a great, lots of great, again, lots of great character moments in this and um, a return of um, Smasher from the Shi'ar, um, oh who, God, who, who played a big role in uh, Hickman's Avengers too. Um, it looks like uh, Smasher and, and uh, he's going to team up with them to help go find Cannonball because I think she was like, Married to him or something? Uh, yeah. What? This is cool. a great book. You would love yeah, it. I think you just I had, you read, read a few dud issues and yeah, yeah. I got but please pick it up for the next one. All right. Real we'll good. Uh, let's move over to some books that I know both of us read. Uh, Jean Grey, issue number seven, written by Dennis Hopeless with um, art by Alberto Jimenez Albuquerque. Um, and colors by J. David Ramos. Um, this was another killer issue of one of mm. the real underdogs over at Marvel right now. Mm-hmm. A book that I hated the first issue of, but we stuck with it. And uh, it's basically. Every issue, Jean Grey goes to someone else in the Marvel Universe for advice on how to defeat the Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Um, except the original um, Jean Grey uh, is a, it's like a ghost in her head. Haunting her. Um, cool. And this was her, the haunted ver- haunting version of Jean Grey and um, Scarlet Witch kind of teaming up. Mm. And uh, the old Jean Grey hates Scarlet Witch and was just like really sassy the whole time. And then we have like a crazy cliffhanger at the end where... Uh, the ghost of Jean Grey has now um, inhibited Emma Frost's body. Yeah. What the fuck's going to happen, Shimbo? Antics. I don't know. That's what my they have some. They have some long-running beef. Because of, uh, of Cyclops doing it. With now Cyclops is dead. Yeah. What the so fuck's who cares gonna anymore? Some real, yeah, that's going to be bud chums now. I'm going to yeah. go on a shopping spree. Do some makeovers. Beautiful. Can't wait. Um, Jean Grey is cosmic. Let's keep things cosmic for a moment. Nice. Uh, with a bunch of books that you don't read. Oh, wait. You know what? Jean Grey is, more importantly, an X-Man. How about uh, your review, X-Men Gold? Did I actually? Oh, I did read this. Did Good you read you. this? No, I did not. Uh, um, it was fine. It was like the, most of it is it's like some big green evil looking guy who turns out was like some fascist on his planet and everyone thought he was a mutant, but he's not. He's an alien fascist from another planet. Um, and then all of a sudden it goes Mojo World. Right. So this guy is just like an evil guy hanging around, and then the last three pages are like, nah, but Mojo." <laughs> I feel like another book <laughs> did, that, did that really recently, actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, I read All New Guardians of the Galaxy, issue number ten. Jerry Duggan, Aaron Cuda, and um, <coughs> oh, a completely unpronounceable name, Ive Swachina. That's not that bad. Uh, <laughs> now I'm so self-conscious about it; it's terrible. Why can't <laughs> I, I just be blissfully I let ignorant you, like, again? Read all of them. <laughs> I'm the worst. Um. <laughs> But uh, so this has been a, a, a bi-monthly, twice mm-hmm. a month book. 
Spider-Man's gonna be in twice a month or every second month? Yeah, who like no, no one knows. No literally one no in one the world knows. knows. Um, so this has been coming out every two weeks. A fortnightly book. How about that? Good. Uh, and um, they've been doing kind of like a lot of setup of where, where this book is going to go. We've got lots of one-shots for each character of the Guardians of the Galaxy, all written by Jerry Duggan with guest artists on those one-shots. Um, and now that they've built it up, this book is going to go down to monthly and we, we start the real journey. And um, this was a great way of kind of setting up all the different players in the cosmic side of, mm-hmm. of the Marvel Universe. We've got a lot of great stuff about you know, like the Nova Corps back, Dark Hawk's back. Um, you have the Grandmaster and his brother, the Collector, um, telling us about the rest of their family, which includes the Gardener, who is the one who is helped, like taken oh, on, like taken over Groot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, the, the 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 Infinity um, Stones are back in play. Thanos is mentioned a few times. It's just got everything set up for an excellent adventure um, set in space. Loki is a key player. Great. Who kind of set all, the, all these events in motion. Um, I'm, I'm all the way on board, and I think moving back down to monthly is, is a great call. Nice. So the next issue is uh, the return of both Novacore and Darkhawk. Looking forward to it. Cool. Jerry Duggan doing, doing great job. One of, one of my favorite Marvel books coming out right now. Uh, now, I've only read one more Marvel book, so oh, I'm sorry. So, what a stack of yeah, so um, Royals issue number eight by Al Ewing. Um, An incredible art by Kevin LeBranger and Javier Rodriguez. Oh, of course, it's Javier Rodriguez. I should have, so I should have realized it was him. Uh, Heavy Rodriguez did all the future stuff, but then yeah. check out this insane, wacky cool. cosmic spaceship. Whoa, that's nice. So this is all to do with like the weird sky spear stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, you know how we were, we've been talking about um, how um, uh, Uncanny Avengers is the horniest Marvel book currently mm-hmm. going out right now. Royals is coming for him, and we have a new <laughs> contender for the potential horniest Marvel character. Oh my god, who? She's had husbands. She's had boyfriends. She's had. Things on the side. Whoa. Medusa. Oh. I know, Chris, yeah, <laughs> Chris is already way. up there. Medusa at the end of this issue has a big old smoocherino with Gorgon. Weird. Cause, uh, I kind of assumed they were related. I, th- I think all, I, I, in my head, all Inhumans are related. Gross. Like, even Black Bolt and Medusa, though. Yeah. So yeah like, aren't they cousins I, yeah. or something? Yeah, they, they are. They literally Weird. are. Um, you know, th- when you're Inhuman, things are a little bit different. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Rules are a little bit more relaxed. <laughs> Um, but I, I really like this. this. This is a great series. There's a lot going on. The future stuff uh, featuring the last Inhuman and um, the last Accuser is mm-hmm. uh, the more compelling part to me, but I'm enjoying the current day stuff that escaped that dumb planet. The bunch of fun fighting in this issue. Nice. And a big old smooch. Nice. Doctor Strange issue number 25 came out. This is, uh, I, I think, a little... This. You did? Yeah. Okay, an interim issue before Donny Cates takes over. Okay. I thought this was the issue that Donny Cates took over on, mm. but instead it's written by, I think he's an, uh, he's an editor, John, John Barber. Barber. Right, okay. um, and then we have a, ho- a big team of artists working on um, on this book. We've got Kevin Nowlin, Scott Hanna, Dexter Vines, Mark Morales, Telly, Terry Pallet, Tom Palmer, Dan Brown, Juan Frigeri, and Yava Tartaglia. Tartaglia. Yes, a lot of people. And, and um, you can tell. Yeah, you can tell, and the, and the the bulk of the the, the 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 current day art is awful. Yeah, it's really weird, like um, because they're trying to imitate, um, oh god, what's his name? Chris Pacello. Chris Pacello's um, style Des- designs, but, most, but not style. Yeah. Most specifically, just in terms of the color palette. Yes, sure. Um, so the, yeah, the colorists did a great job. Very weird. Didn't give them a shout out. Colors on this are by, um, don't know. Who knows? <laughs> anyway, good job. Um, but yeah. 
the Kevin the Kevin Nolan play, pages are really nice. Yeah, definitely. But it's and he had a great cover too, featuring classic Doctor Strange uh, costume. Yeah, this is at least like just a one and done issue kind of thing. We might see this character again, but then again, we equally might not. Yeah, I really didn't like this issue. Yeah, it was fine. <laughs> Sorry. There's some great art in amongst it, but there's Absolutely. also some terrible art too. There you go. The balance. Um, Venomverse issue three. I said I was going to stop reading this, and I didn't. But you know what? I liked issue three. Written by Colin Bunn, drawn by Aban Coelho, with art, um, colors by Matt Yaki. Uh, this brought uh, to this world of different venomed versions of Marvel heroes and, um, and anti-venom kind of weird monster things. Uh, they brought a wild card in to help them fight and that is Carnage. Oh. And I, Carnage is a character that I know um, Colin Bunn loves. He's written various series mm-hmm. featuring him in the past, and he writes this character really well. What like is Carnage again? He's like a, you know, what if the symbiote found an actual mass murderer psychopath? Uh, cool. So he's like a, you know, a bumpkin uh, sicko. Yep, 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 yep. Um, and uh, he just wants to, his name is Cletus and he just wants to kill everybody. That's nice. And um, he's, a, he's a pretty good secret weapon, and uh, I actually really enjoyed his presence in this book. Yeah. That's good. Finally, I read the Star Wars annual this week, um, which I was surprised that you didn't pick up. It was written by Jason Latour. Ah, nice With um, really that. great art by Michael Walsh. Like, just like, just classic, great cartooning. The mm. characters look who they're like, meant to look like, but they don't look like photo cool. referential. The characters look like the characters they're meant to look like, not the actors. I don't, nice. They don't need to look like the actors. You just mm-hmm. need to look like the characters. Um, and this is a, a team up between Princess Leia and Han Solo. Um, Cute. And as like a bunch of smugglers try and have their revenge against Han Solo for fucking them over in the past. Nice. It was really, really fun. Um, just like Jason Aaron does, um, Latour really nailed um, Han Solo's voice, which mm-hmm. I think is a, a commendable thing to be able to do. Absolutely. Um, this is a really fun one shot. Um, and uh, it was just, like, it was just a really good adventure that, that felt really Star Wars-y and was just still fun. Yeah, I'm sad I didn't pick this up. That looks great. I'll leave it. You can pick it up later. Nice. Um, so those are our Marvel reviews. We we only have wait we only have one more issue of uh, Jason Aaron Star Wars run left too before Karen Gillan takes over. Yeah. Um, but uh, before we talk about that issue, many things are going to happen. A- another week, for example. Mm. But more immediately, we're going to review Image Books. Nice. Um, so let's talk about a whole bunch of books that I knew were going to be my favorite books this week. Yeah. Wow. Um, starting with Snot Girl issue number seven, written by uh, Brian Lee O'Malley with art by Leslie Hung. Fucking hell, Ugh, man. God, I love this book so much. Am I allowed to find Snotgirl extremely attractive? Yeah, like, that, I would assume you Her did. name is Snotgirl, and she's regularly seen with snot running out of her nose. But that she's should, so be, cute. She is very cute. She is very cute. But the, the, and they're just like little... They're, her lips and her eyes mm-hmm. are drawn very, like, you know, anime-influenced, but there's something about it. There's something about that Snotgirl. Beautiful. Um, beautiful so Snotgirl is the... Uh, the, the comic uh, about a fashion blogger mm-hmm. um, and it's also like a like a a crime yeah. mystery hard um, to explain there's the, the fashion police are after her um, it's it's weirdly for, for something as wacky as I just described it's, it's very straight yeah totally um, like there's not really any all out Gags. That's right. It's 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 a lot of relationship stuff. Mm. It's brilliant. The friendship between these four girls mm-hmm. in this issue, as they uh, as they travel to San Diego Comic Con for an after party, mm-hmm. um, is is amazing. It's a brilliant yeah. scene. And then we've got this other character who one of them pushed her off a, a roof. Mm. She's been in a coma for the last few issues, and uh, she gets her bandages taken off today. Uh, and her and Snot Girl's ex boyfriend is dating her now. It's excellent. It's so great. It's like. I can't even tell you what genre this book is. Yeah, totally. It's besides something, just excellent comics. It's something that doesn't really exist 
in Western comics that I can think of, really. It reminds me, like, a lot of um, a couple of manga series. It kind of reminds me, you know that movie Drop Dead Gorgeous? Have you ever seen that Oh, movie? hell yeah, I love that movie. Yeah, yeah, it has that kind of, like, really dark but then quite funny, weird vibe. That was a really fun phase of, um, of Hollywood movies mm. where it was like, you know, like Kirsten Dunst or Reese Witherspoon or yeah. Renee Zellweger is in like a... Weird, dark comedy. Yeah. That was great. I loved all this. Yeah. It was Election Fitter than that. Election is a yeah, truly brilliant movie. Um, but uh, yeah, this was, a, this was a far and away one of my favourite issues this week. It's so fun. It's so fun to read. It looks incredible. Um, it ticks just a whole bunch of like boxes i didn't know i had yeah because it is like i guess the closest thing you can compare it to is like a slice of life manga yeah um it's extremely stylized there's a lot of kind of like subtext over Mm -hmm. over over the top of um various panels Mm -hmm. um but yeah it's it was it was this is just great i love this new character of um cool girl's brother who's like weirdly seems to be manipulating everything for unknown reasons totally and every time he gets caught spying he's like yes you're absolutely right i apologize i will never do it again and you're like hmm you're lying. You're weird. <laughs> um, but yeah, look, if, this is, if a book called Snot Girl you don't, don't think appeals to you, like give this a book a chance. Absolutely. We sing its praises every time we talk about it, but I think I find it, I think it has a, actually a very wide appeal. Mm. It's just about something that doesn't. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Awesome issue. Um, I really enjoyed issue four of Kill the Minotaur this Same. week. Uh, a skybound book through image uh, written by Chris Passetto and Christian Cantamessa mm-hmm. um, with art by Lucas Kettner and Juan Francis... Jean Francois Bellou, um, nailed it. And uh, Jean Jean Francois Bellou, um, and uh, this is uh, a book all about like Greek mythology about uh, the Minotaur, mm-hmm. um, and a, a big labyrinth that has been forged from an alien interacting with Daedalus's mind. So, like, that's a f- when I saw the alien ship arrive at the last end of last issue, I was like, mm, lame. But I actually really like yeah, that. We, we don't see really the aliens, well. really. We just yeah. see this device that totally. interacts with humans. Um, the, there's a massive thing is revealed. Like, a, there's a big shock moment in this. Uh, but mm-hmm. the biggest, biggest shock I got from this issue is finding out that this is a miniseries. There's only, yeah. there's only two issues left. Yep. And uh, I'm kind of like, I, I like that there's a definite pacing and structure to this that, like, they know exactly where they're going to be in two issues. And I'm, I love it. But I really that said, this. this effortlessly built up a very, very cool world that yeah. I would have loved to see many, many issues of. I guess once I get out of the labyrinth, what do you do? But I mean, maybe we get they just take things. on different stories, or different, these different uh, Greek mythology beasts. Yeah. The King Minus stuff is horrifying. Yeah, I know. What's, yeah, he's real, so real good. foul, real foul. Yeah, love it. Um, another fantastic book with swords in it. <laughs> nice. Head Lopper issue number seven. I left. What's well, issue? No, Head Lopper. The, and the Crimson Tower, issue three of four. The quarterly adventure comic uh, written by uh, written and drawn by Andrew McLean. And colours in this Ugh. one by Jordi uh, Belair. Has she always done colours on this book? I don't know. I meant to check that before uh, recording. but um, The colours are great and like yeah. totally in keeping with the rest of the series. So, And this is basically about Headlopper and a motley crew of, um, of peers and, and, and hangers-on making their way through a pyramid, I guess. Mm-hmm. A tower, a Crimson Tower. Um, to get seek- four crystal balls. That's right. And then they're going to have to take on a, a, a monster at the end of it. It's like, you know, it's just perfect. This is what I want from a Conan the Barbarian book. I don't really want to read a Conan book. I just want to read Headlopper all the time. Yeah, I just want to read Headlopper all the time. I save this book till absolute last because I know call. it's always my f- absolute favorite thing that comes out when I read it. It's just, this is, yeah, this is my kind of comic through and through. Absolutely. This is such a fun series and it looks incredible and every issue is 
surprising and inventive and I love the blooming friendship between Bic and Agatha, the witch's head. Yes, definitely. Extra adorable. So great. And I love like, you know, like, there's a simplicity and an intricacy. Is it in- intricacy? Intri- mm-hmm. in- intricacy? Let us know. Mm. Um, people <laughs> who love me pronounce it. It's very intricate is what yeah. I'm trying to say and yeah. simple at the same time. Much better way to say that. There's some. There's so much work put into every panel and every issue and it just looks incredible. Yep. It's one one more issue to go with this and it's not coming out until December. So worth it. It's worth it. Worth the nice wait. Nice big jumbo quarterly book. I love Lovely. it. Lovely. Uh, I am completely done with Generation Gone after this piece of shit hacky issue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, written by Alice Scott, who I, I'm generally a fan of, uh, in art by Andre Lima Arajo, who, who did fine work in this. Um, I, uh, I think I missed an issue of this, didn't I? Did you not read issue two? Yeah, right. So this so is I'm about... like, now everyone has powers. What? This is about, yeah, like a, a, a group of hacker kids. Mm. Um, two of them date, and then the other one is a friend who is clearly in love with the other girl, with the yep. girl. Um, and, uh... Who is th- in, like, the worst relationship of all time. Yeah, because her boyfriend is just the biggest dick, and that's always been my biggest problem with this. It's like, it's, he's too much of a dick. There's mm. n- no nuance. It's just like, why would anyone root right, for anyone this character? Or this like, yeah, exactly. Um, and after hacking a, a website, they get fed a code that, that un- unlocks powers, yeah. basically. And this issue felt like it was written by a 14-year-old with the amount of emotional growth these characters do. Like, the, the stuff that works mm. is, like, you know, the general talking to the girl's mother and, yeah, and the, really the interaction between sequence. between the general and uh, the guy who, who created the code in the first place. But all the stuff of the, the teenagers being teenagers... No, you know what? If a 14-year-old read, wrote wrote this it would at least it would read like a 14 year old would speak yeah that's true it's just it's so hacky it moves so quickly where this like bad character something talks about his brother being dead i read the second the second issue i don't remember that being a thing whatever that's on on me that's not on the book um but uh (laughs) but yeah just things happen so quickly we have a big moment happening and and then like you know Mm. he tells them he fucking loves her it's so stupid i'm done i'm out i didn't hate this. I quite like Alice Cott. He's a little bit like unsubtle and look at how clever I'm being. Yeah. Zero. Which is a little bit like. Well, he's very much, he, he like, I, I, this is the least confusing of his books. And I think I like it more when his books are more convoluted. Yeah. Even though that's not like a compliment you generally give a mm. book, but um, maybe that mystery is, is, is what keeps his writing good. Maybe. I really like the way this book looks as well. Like, the art's really lovely. A great colour palette, too. Um, yeah, really good colours. I'm going to give it another another issue. Or two. I'm out. Tapping out. Nice. Good call. Don't need to read shitty teenage writing. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, he, he, yeah, it is pretty teenage. It comes across. Uh, I read issue number 24 of Descender, Rise of the Robots. Man, this issue. Yeah, why didn't I read this book? Fuck, it was so good. So there's this character called Driller. Why did I read Shirtless Bear Fighter instead of that? What's See, I, I didn't. Do you want to talk about that now? No, you finished talking okay. about it. So Descender. Um, so this is, in the height of this, like, this is like this big event that, 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 that Descender are doing called Rise of the Robots. And at the height of all this big action, like I think the last issue ended with like all these ships being destroyed. And suddenly we cut to this kind of character that's been, been abandoned this, um, in space, this, mm-hmm. character, this robot called Driller. He's a mm-hmm. driller unit. And he's all, he kind of... He's, 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 his catchphrase is "Driller, a real killer." Nice. Um, and he's both proud and remorseful of that fact. Mm. Um, and this sees him land on a planet that is like a fantasy planet, mm-hmm. and this is not magic hasn't been a part of this book before. And much like when it um, when 
Black Science introduces like a, a higher comic concept mm-hmm. and it's just it just suits the, the tone of the book fine because it, anything goes in that book this works so well and it's this really quite a quiet issue it's like a on the road issue of uh of driller and this like you know goblin creature kind of teaming up and trying to survive in this in this magical world um i love this issue mm. uh, like I, I, this book is it's 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 definitely jeff lemire's most underrated book that he's, mm. he's writing now and, uh, that's a lot of books yeah no, if, uh, but not in a cullen bum way not in a cullen bum way <laughs> <laughs> I believe there's only one Jeff Lemire. I yeah. don't believe there's only one. <laughs> um, How could you? There, but yeah, I, I, I just, you know, if, if, you, if you ever get a chance to catch up on this series, it's so great. Yeah. No, it's not just an invitation <laughs> yeah. to you. It's an invitation to everybody. It's a great great series. Um, well, I will talk about Shirtless Bear Fighter, which I just sort of enjoy despite how silly and like kind of nonsensey it is. Well, so this is. I just learned that this is a miniseries too, which I yeah. wish I knew before I didn't add this to my pool list this way week. more appealing when um, there are miniseries. No, I'm going to steal this time. from you today, so I read yeah, it later. Nice. So this is created by Jody Lehup. Lehup? Whatever. Sebastian Gurner and Neil Vendrell. Um, and this is the silly story about a guy who was raised by bears, and then he thought that the bears killed his love, Clementine, so he became shirtless bear fighter and he just fights bears and protects humans from bears um and then there's this whole plot about like his nemesis who has a toilet paper company and so he wants to cut down the forest so that he can make heaps of toilet paper and it's all family drama um oh yeah but it's got I, a lot I, of I gags i tapped out with all the poo jokes last issue i'm like i'm good with way jokes. heaps heaps less poo jokes in this almost right. no poo jokes um mostly a lot of fighting some good like the bears are coming back I like this. I, it's silly, but it's some good. I really like the um, art. It's funny. The art's cartooning. fantastic. It's so much fun. And there was the, such a fun pinup in the back of <laughs> a bear being punched by the shirtless by bear a fighter. naked man. Great. It's great. Um, I uh, I love fart jokes. I don't love poo, poo jokes. Ah, when can you tell when? Like, is there a is there a gradient? There's, there's a solidity yeah. to to a poo joke <laughs> that a fart joke doesn't have that I don't appreciate one bit. Mm, fair enough. I read um, also issue eight of Mirror by Emma Rios and Hui Lim. Um, this is the super excellent, high concept fantasy animal people, beautiful watercolors thing. Yeah, this is the big regret that I don't, don't read. I don't know why I don't either. Yeah, this is like the first um, the first arc of this reads incredibly well in trade, and I would really highly recommend everyone pick that up. The Will second do. arc, um, I'm looking forward to reading in trade also because I'm a little bit lost, um, but they do a good job of kind of recapping in this issue what's going on with the animal people, and they're trying to find a new world, and it's all alternate dimensions, and it's beautiful. Everyone should read it. Um, finally, from Image, I read Invincible number 140. Um, part eight of the last twelve-part series. Uh. This book is doing, um, and this entire I'm just open to a page. This, this is an extremely yellow and orange book because uh, Invincible fought, fought his greatest enemy for the entire duration of this book oh. on the sun. Wow! Um, and uh, they brought in um, this is you know written by um, uh, Robert Kirkman, art by Ryan Otley with um, uh, Mark Morales on inks and colors by uh, Nathan Fairbairn. Um, I just love just bringing Nathan Fairbairn to do an entirely yellow and orange mm. book. Because uh, only so only cool. he can do that. Uh, it was, it was, look, it was a it was an extremely fun to look at book. Mm. Um, it was just a pretty much a big long fight scene, which is not my favorite part of Invincible. I prefer all of the kind of, you know, the the, the regular story of what what they're doing when they're not fighting, mm. um, and the drama that comes comes with being a superhero. Um, and hopefully, you know, the, the final 
three issues are just going to focus on the four issues, sorry, are just going to focus on that. Fingers crossed anyway. No more fighting. Chill out, Invincible. Come on, guys. Give them a valiant. Be friends. Retire forever. Um, that leaves us with nothing but other publishers to review. I need to come not find my other publishers file. There it is. Um, and uh, you can kick, the, kick us off. Um, did you read issue five of Misfit City? No, I just because I, I, I kind of just got tired of it. I like I clearly missed an issue or two maybe, and then picked this back up. How is it already up to issue five? What's happened to time? I don't understand. Um, but I enjoyed this issue. I really like. I mostly enjoy the cartooning over what's actually happening in the story. Although the story of the kind of trying to find a missing treasure in a Goonie style universe is pretty. Um, it's pretty good fun, and I like the characters. But mostly it's just really pretty to look at. I wonder if this is this a miniseries? I don't know. I guess it's going on for assume a, so. the time being. I assume all things are miniseries until I'm proven wrong and it never ends. Um, you've got another Boom Book to review. Yes. Also by Cullen Bunn. There he is. Such, such Cullen Bunn this week. Three Cullen Bunn this week. Four. Um, Venomverse. Oh, yeah. Four. Goodness gracious. This is the unsound from Boom Studios with art by Jack T. Cole. This is like the ultra bizarre mental health issues scary um, psychiatric hospital comic. It's pretty good. It's pretty spooky. Um, I like it a lot. If you like spooky psychiatric hospitals, I recommend it. The last page was particularly horrifying and reveals something about our lead character, which could be of interest. Fantastic. Um, I realize I should have butted in to begin with to talk about my favorite comic of the week. Favorite comic of the week? Yep. What... Secret Weapons, number four, through Valiant this week. In a week that had Headlopper, this is your favourite comic? I just think for what it is and what it ended up being, like, I mean, the perfect art by Royal Allen doesn't doesn't hurt, mm. that's for sure. Uh, Eric Heisera, he's, he's, fuck. <laughs> you, can you attempt this last name? Heisera. Heisera. Uh, um, who's the guy who wrote Arrival. Um uh, Good movie. Great movie. Um, and art by Royal Allen um, and colors by Patricia Martin. This is the Valiant book that uh, basically teamed up a bunch of uh, seemingly useless, useless sites with powers that no one thought would amount to anything. So we have a girl who can communicate with birds, a boy who can turn to stone, and another guy who can um, conjure random elements into his arms from nowhere. But they're, mm-hmm. not, they're not always helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of teaming up to take on a great evil who basically wants to steal all their powers and turn them into something good. Um, this featured some of the most fantastic dynamic panel layouts mm-hmm. that I've seen all year. Um, I thought the story was excellent. The dialogue was excellent. I thought it did something in the Valiant universe that I am not familiar with um, and just made me love it so much and made me want to go back and, and read all the stories that got us to this point. Um, and uh, it ends with the reveal that there's going to be a zero issue, that Secret Weapons will, be, will continue. Um, so many people were so excited about that. That's nice when there's that much sort of groundswell around a book. Yeah. Look, I'm always going to love Headlopper. Oh, this, yeah. This book absolutely took me by surprise. Yeah. And uh, I think, you know, for like, definitely one of the one of the in the lead for uh, potential best miniseries of the year. Um, I just, yeah, you know, we read a lot of superhero books and it's mm. rare for me to get as uh, invested in four, just four issues of them. Yeah. Like this one was able to get me invested. So this was um, a really well-paced, well-structured story. And there are some really beautiful, like quiet visual moments in it as well. From someone who hasn't written a comic book before. Yeah. I still think it read a little bit screen writery. Right. Is that that a dumb thing to say? But um, I look forward to like the, the things that he kind of set up with these characters of like, Oh, you think that your powers are useless, but like 
there's so much potential within them made me really excited to read the next um story arc yeah and i hope i hope that the same creative team stick together on this because i think that they all work really beautifully together and the colors are excellent and yeah i like this a lot i do like this a lot yeah there was no there was no character called Bic exactly that's all it comes down to absolutely um, so yeah look uh, uh, when this comes out in trade even if you haven't read any Valiant stuff before and you just if you just love superhero comics you love like you know interesting panel layouts mm-hmm. yeah like you don't have to have read series, any yeah. other Valiant comics to read this like yeah I would like to read what's around it but I'm here because this particular cross section of creators work so well together yeah so not only do you not need to to enjoy it but this comic will probably make you want to go and read them yeah absolutely so, yeah, a very very excellent comic that was i think great every, every issue and wrapped up as well as it began which mm-hmm. you can't say for all miniseries agreed so that's why it gets my biggest tick tick of approval um speaking of excellent superhero comics mm. um i mean black hammer has got to be in the running for best comic of the week, every week it comes out. Yeah, definitely in my in my top six as well. Um, um, by Jeff Lemire and Dean Ormston. Ormston? Ormston, yeah. Yes. Um, this is like pretty perfect superhero comics for me. Yeah, 100%. Like in a week where we got this, Secret Weapons and The Wildstorm, it yeah. was like this just shows you how good superhero comics can be. Absolutely. Um, and uh, yeah, so this issue is uh, like it, Black Hammer is all about the superheroes that are stranded in this, uh, you know, like uh, southern kind of quiet ta- mm-hmm. country town. Um, and but they can't escape. Some spooky things going on, and they sort of seem to have given up trying to leave. And we, we, every issue, we get a tiny bit closer to uh, to the answer of, as to why they're stuck there. Mm-hmm. And then it keeps offering up other questions as well that we get sidetracked with. But the whole journey is brilliant. Yeah. Um, and this has a fantastic final page. Absolutely. Uh, hero moment. And leading up to a big reveal, I think. And it's oh, man, so good. What a good issue. And I then loved it. we get the incredible news that. Uh, in October, from the world of Black Hammer, we mm-hmm. get Sherlock Frankenstein and the mm-hmm. Legion of Evil, Evil, written by Jeff Lemire with art by David Rubin, uh, which is all about the, the daughter of Black Hammer kind of investigating other heroes. Like it's, I can't wait. Can't wait. It's so great. I love, it. I love more the stuff expansion this world. of this universe. Yeah. It's so good. Um, it reminds me of just like a, like a really dark version of Astro City. Yeah. Parts. Um, I, I think it's excellent. Excellent fun. Really enjoyable. One of my favorite books this week, um, for sure. Um, so through is uh, Depth, issue number 18, um, where we uh, rule out another potential suspect in who killed our protagonist's father, with the entire reason this book exists, all set underwater. Um, and, uh, you know, there's a, there's a big virus that's broken out on the earth, and uh, they're not letting anyone out from the ocean where they've been working um, mm-hmm. for fear of uh, spreading the virus any further, except they are, they have the cure on, on board and they can't communicate with anybody to let them know to let them to not destroy their vessel. Oh, no. There's so much drama in this issue um, and it's brilliant and uh, I genuinely don't know who of, of the team is going to mm. make it into the next issue. Fun. Um, and there's all these weird under-the-sea creatures that, mm-hmm. that you like have, have kind of played like small roles um, in each issue so far. And uh, I think they're all going to play a bigger role um, now that something really crazy just happened. Mm. Yeah, really, really great issue. Fuck, I love this too. Yeah, Magnus, um, issue four, written by Kyle Higgins with um, art by Jorge Fornes. Yeah, I love this this week. Um, this has been tying into like the big sovereigns thing that they're doing over at Dynamite. Mm-hmm. Um, and Magnus is uh, a, a girl who we learn this great backstory, incredible yeah. backstory issue. Um, and I love that the, the, the setup they give where that she, ha- she has like a dying robot who she's told to just keep 
thinking about something because as long mm-hmm. as their processor doesn't stop running, they'll stay alive. Mm-hmm. So she's like, um, I'll tell you a story. Yeah. And she tells her her story of, and that's how, that's how we get the kind of, you know, set up to hearing her backstory. But she is a, uh, a woman who is able to live in the world inhabited by... Um, like an AI world. AI world where they go when they're not being like robot servants. Um, this series is rules. It's so good. It's yeah. so, so very, very good. And there's only one more issue of it left, which means it's going to pick up a, uh, you know, be a great trade to pick up when it's all Absolutely. collected. And the backup story, um, the Dr. Spectre backup story is so much fun. So enjoyable all the time. I love it. And it's such a like compelling way to make me keep reading all these different Sovereigns books because I really want to read this Dr. Spectre backup all the Yeah, time. there's like cool little backups that last like eight issues um, mm. in the back of all these, uh, you know, in, in Turok, in Sovereigns, in, in Magnus. And I guess eventually we're going to get a Dr. Spectre book as well. I but, hope so because yeah. I love it. It's so good. I love that his version of the devil... Like how he sees the devil as is the kind of like frat bro. Yeah, bro. Pretty fun. <laughs> so great. Um, finally, I read um, Amazing Age number three, which is another one from that um, Alterna Comics mm-hmm. imprint I was talking about. I really love the first issue of this about like a, a boy whose childhood creations come to life. And um, they're all like these superheroes that come and, and bring him and his friends into their world. And this issue was entirely set in this superhero world that's been seemingly created by a child. But it just lost me. It just felt like any other weird generic superhero book. Fair enough. Um, I also read issue three of Unholy Grail by the fourth Cullen Bun um, with art by Mirko Kolak. Colors by Maria... Oh, I set myself up. Santa Santa Lala. <laughs> mm, and letters by Simon Boland. Um, so this is the like, what if Merlin was evil the whole time, guys? What about that series? And this is all about Guinevere and how she does it with Lancelot. And then Merlin's punishment for that. Does what? Does, um... The business. The business. <laughs> um, but it, I, I do quite like this. It's pretty silly. I'll keep reading it. Whatever. Great. Can't, can't get a better review. review than that. Absolutely. <laughs> Those are all the incredible reviews that you're going to get from us today. Unless <laughs> you uh, sign up to our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash podcast. We are just about to uh, put these mics down, have a little breather, and then talk for a... 30 minutes to 45 minutes or so nice. about all the trades we've read in the last uh, month. I've read four. I've read five. Oh. Um, always got a one up here. Um, but uh, just to give you a little, a little tease, um, we've read um, the latest. Um, I've read the, the new, the new uh, book by, uh, written by Declan Shalvey um, with oh, art by, um, what's his name? Uh, Philip Barrett and uh, Colors by Geordie Belair called Savage Town, mm-hmm. which is an amazing book if you are a big fan of... Uh, like Garth Ennis and Steve Dillon's run on Hellblazer. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I read a uh, book called Taproot. Same, same. I Raw read Taproot. And Lion, Lion Forge. I read a new book by an um, Australian creator called uh, Campbell White, his book called Home Time. Oh, cool. Which I can I talk about later. Uh, the latest volume of Descending Stories, the mm-hmm. manga that we reviewed a while ago, and a book all about Tetris. Cool. Um, what do you got? I read, I also read Descending Stories Volume 2. I read another Lion Forge book called Water Memory, mm-hmm. which was really good fun. Um, read Taproot. And I also started reading Frank. You know the Frank comics? You can tell me all about it. I In will. our Patreon exclusive, uh, What Trades You Read This Month episode, going up immediately after this one. So uh, head over to patreon.com slash podcast. And thank you so much if you are already one of the uh, great people who already support us. Thanks, Look guys. forward to us uh, mispronouncing your surname <laughs> in a future episode. Um all that's left for us to do now is uh, tell you which comics are coming out this week. And I've been very organized this week. Yeah, I was able to uh, 
to this is what happens when you leave all the good comics till last mm. and you just fly through all the bad ones because you want to get to the good ones and then you fly through those because they're good um so i had some spare time i, I managed to divvy up uh the, the trades coming out this week that i think you should look out oh, for cool. uh these include buzzkill which is a re-release trade that dark horse released ages ago mm. uh, it's actually one of the first things i've ever read by donny cates and donny cates uh, after his big series through images now um signed exclusivity deals with with marvel he's going to do doctor strange he's doing something else quite big oh, cool. um so if you want to uh read something of his that i really loved when it first came out buzzkill is a story of a superhero that only has powers oh. when he is like drunk or on on drugs yep. or cigarettes or one. something like that um it's pretty cool um the trades for two series that we really enjoyed on the podcast um through image hadrian's wall the um kyle higgins yep. space book Alex Siegel. Space Murder. Space Murder mystery book. Um, and also Royal City, Jeff Lemire's fantastic, cool. uh, depressing series about a family. Um, Great and trades. It, um, is, uh, they're both out. I mean, you, you heard us rave about them in, in previous episodes. They're definitely worth your time. Agreed. Uh, singles issues wise, the book, the number one issue that I'm most excited for is coming out through Titan. It has a Brandon Graham cover. Ooh. And it is called um, Beautiful Death. Ooh. And um, the, it is, uh, it's a, Translated European comic by Matthew Bablett, mm-hmm. who wrote Shangri-La and Address Address Day, Address Day, and Beautiful. just look at his fucking art. Oh yeah, it's like a post-apocalyptic. Whoa. Looks brilliant. I'm that really really beautiful. excited for this. It's probably my most anticipated for next week. So definitely uh, keep your eye out for the beautiful death. Cool. Um, we get uh, a new one through Aftershock called Fujitsu, which looks like a lot of fun. Mm. Uh, we get the uh, a new image book, which is uh, Joe Casey's new book. Um, who we've seen recently on Sex and various mm-hmm. other great stuff. Did a lot of great stuff for um, uh, for Wildstorm back in the day. Uh, he has a new book called Annual, and it is a uh, uh, like a pretty much he's put releasing a trade with uh, <laughs> an, an anthology uh, with all the different all these different artists working with him to, to put a, put put a bunch of stories together. Cool. That's coming out through Image. Um, we get uh, Marvel Legacy number one, ah, which is the big uh, Jason Aaron written book about the next chapter of Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, or the, maybe the first chapter of Marvel. Um, and uh, we get Generations Captain America and Generations Spider-Man from Marvel this week too. Um, DC are giving us the ninth issue of the Commandy Challenge, which I'm excited for because it is the one written by Tom King. Cool. I will check um, that out. And I've been disappointed by the re- recent ones. I'm looking forward to uh, loving it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get the finale of Justice League and Power Rangers, which has been a, a funny and weird crossover that I actually quite enjoyed. Um, Nightwing, the New Order issue number two comes out as well. Um, so too does the second issue of Hi-Fi Fight Club, mm-hmm. which is a boom book that we loved. And the eighth issue of your favorite series, Black Magic, is out Woo! too. Can't Lots wait. of favorites. We get a saga, we get a Thor, we get a Moon Girl, we get a Mother Panic. All kinds of great stuff coming out next week. So definitely tune back in. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to find us online, again, you can discuss all the comics we talked about on the show at facebook.com slash group slash Serious Issues Podcast. Come and discuss them with us directly. We Please love do. it. Uh, or find us just on Facebook. You can hit, give our page a like if you wish. Facebook.com slash Serious Issues Podcast. We're on Twitter at um, Serious Sorry, at Serious underscore underscore Issues or individually at LevDog, L-E-V-D-A-W-G or at Siobhan C-B-G. Um, and you can email us seriousissues at kingscomics.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next week. Thanks, guys. Or in our Patreon bonus episode. Go and find it, guys. Patreon.com. It's going to be way better. Whoa, money. <laughs> <laughs>
Hey, this is Levins. Thanks so much for listening to Serious Issues. If you're not completely sick of my voice by now, why don't you check out one of my other podcasts? One is called Hey Fam, and it's about comedy and pop culture, so like comic book movies and comic book TV shows, all that kind of thing. The other one is called The Mitchin, and it's all about the uh, food and bar scene in Sydney. You can find both of them on iTunes or download them directly at yolevins.com slash podcasts. Thanks so much for your support, and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.